Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross App Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Cast. I am your host, uh, the Straight Edge Monster Jack, in my full Cody gear today. Got the American headband and the old school Bullet Club American Nightmare Cody shirt rocking it for my boy who won the Rumble in predictable fashion. That is Ryan over there, the Catman, coming back. He is now the champion of predictions in 2023, obviously. He got all five matches correct. Um, in fact, let's go ahead and get your title up, because I totally forgot to do that. And we, you so deserve it. If, you deserve it, because this is the only time you look you're going to do it. If you look at what I'm have. wearing, I'm, I'm dressed for the pitch black match. I was a big fan of the pitch black match, so I'm wearing all black. Uh, there you go. Championship there up go. there for you. All right, so the next prediction show, I'll go ahead and I'll have the uh, new graphics up and everything for that. But he is currently 5-0 in 2023. I am 4-1. and Obviously, I picked The Rock, who did not show up. Uh, I was hoping that they swerved us all, honestly. Um, I mean, obviously, if you paid attention to the prediction show, we both wanted to go Cody, too. But that was going to be super boring, so I'm not even mad about it, honestly. Um, There's also an outside source... uh, Late rumor coming up that Austin might come in at 30 and win to go against Roman and that they offered him a ton of money to fight Roman at uh, WrestleMania, which would have been okay, honestly. Um, I would have been not terrible with it. I mean, I don't think Austin should have won, obviously, at WrestleMania. This is the only... This and The Rock, Cody and The Rock were the only ones that I felt like uh, if they go to WrestleMania to fight Roman, they have like an actual higher chance of taking it off of Roman than anyone else. Anybody else going against Roman... No, there was also uh, a rumor going around earlier that day, by the way, about Sammy being in the Rumble and winning the Rumble um, to go against Roman. Reports came out about that saying that uh, they don't see him as the face of the company. And to give him a WrestleMania main event match against Roman, even though he's clearly your most over fucking person right now, right? He's got the whole Daniel Bryan thing working for him at the moment, uh, Bryan Danielson. Um where everybody's just on his side, and he's super popular and super over. But, of course, they still don't see him as the face. And I'm not saying, just not every champion has to be the face of your company. I'm just throwing that out there. Just because you're the world champion doesn't mean you're the face. No one thought Jack Swagger was the face of your fucking company, right? When he won the title. So, like, I don't see why that matters. Um, Jinder Mahal wasn't your top heel. Yeah, and when Kofi Kingston beat Brian Danielson, did do we ever actually think that Vince and Triple H thought Kofi Kingston was the face of their company? Right. No. Come on. We thought he should be, right? For at least a little bit. We thought he should have... the Just because you have a moment doesn't make you the face of the company. Um, so Roman would have still been technically the face of the company, honestly. Uh, da, 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 da. But it looks like they're going to go and try to move him off and go with Cody if they're going to go chalk here, which they did in the Rumble. Um, but let's go ahead and just start with that before we get into the details of the Rumble. Let's start it off. But before we do, I will say that I had a great time last night with my uh, first... Uh, wrestling get-together thing. Had 8-Bit Hobo Farmer from Twitch. 
um, and Veli Nash from Twitch come over and watch the Rumble with me. We played my old school board game. I know you remember that well. It's been years since I played that. We played that. I won that. Um, didn't really help me in the end, though, because the extra number in the Men's Rumble did not help me. I did not win the Men's Rumble uh, game. Veli won that, so he got the signed picture of Gargano. But I will say that it ended up working out for me in the end with the women's match because I picked Rhea. I had I drew number one, and it was Rhea, and I won. So I got this sweet Steel Cage WrestleMania Challenge plug-and-play game. So I'll be streaming this at some point, I'm sure, if I can figure it all out. They got the joystick and everything. Got a lot of people in it, too. It's got uh, Warrior Savage, Bret Hart, Piper, Undertaker, Razor Ramon, IRS, Sid, Jake the Snake, and Million Dollar Man in it. So, I mean, that's a pretty decent-sized roster for back then, honestly. Um, but, yeah. WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge. Or Steel Cage Challenge. Yeah, WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Definitely NES graphics. Um, we'll get it. We'll get it going though, and see if I can uh, see if I can hook this up. This actually stream it. It'll be fucking hilarious. But I did win that, so that was cool. Um, all right, but let's let's get into the main, my main point here, and then we will move on to the rest of the rumble. But let's go with the hot tag topics. Let's do it. Number one was Rhea Ripley and Cody Rhodes the right call for the twenty twenty three. Royal Rumble winners to go on to WrestleMania. What say you? The right call with what they had available, sure. Um, we both, I know you picked The Rock, but we both essentially picked Cody and, and Rhea for a reason. Uh, Rhea just makes the most sense. It's the most interesting thing that they have going in the women's division that's not one of the four horsewomen or, you know, bringing back Rousey or whatever the fuck they think would draw. Um, so yeah, that that made sense to me. That's always made sense to me. Uh, Cody, they're going to tell that story, whether we want them to or not. Is is what that looks like? Yeah, I know you like it, but I personally don't. He's 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 not somebody that I ever uh, connected with really in any any way at all. Um, so I personally don't like it, but they're going to tell the story. To tell the story, he has to have some like reasonable claim to a title match. So it makes sense in in that regard. Is it the right person as far as is he the most over face in their company to put against the Reigns that people would want to see beat Reigns? Not really. He doesn't really have any tie to Reigns. There's no storyline between him and Reigns. The whole thing just ends up being about his dad and the belt. Reigns doesn't matter. So it's not really an interesting story to me to have as your main title program. Especially if that's the reason that he's going to end up winning it. Um, I think Sammy would have been more interesting. Uh, the Rock would have been more inter interesting. Jey Uso would be more interesting. Um, fuck, Solo Sokoa. If he had won the Rumble, that'd be pretty interesting. Because then you could tell the whole story of, like, you know, he's a very loyal enforcer. He's always siding with, with Roman. He's always doing what Roman wants. But then, you know, he gets that little fucking side eye toward the belts. And he's like, uh, maybe I want more or whatever. Like, there's a lot of more interesting stories you can tell with what they have going on uh, in the men's division, and they're just not doing them because they signed Cody under the under the guise of, yeah, we'll we'll let you be champion and we'll let you run your the story that you want to run creatively. Just sign for however much money. Please leave AEW. It's a really big win for us. And now nobody really remembers that, but they still have to play this out. So, 
All right. So I don't know if it was like the points best can, choice. A couple points I can take with the Cody thing, right? So you mentioned that there's no connection with Roman. It depends on how far back they want to go. Because if you remember at the end of Cody's career as Cody, before he went through the Stardust shit, right? Before he left out of there, he was with his brother, and they ended up beating uh, Roman and I believe Ambrose or and or Rollins, whatever, for the tag titles. Because that was the big hump, because they were the tag team champions for so long. And then Cody and... Uh, Goldust ended up beating beating them. So if Cody wanted to go all the way back there, because if you think about the two people that he's beaten, since he's been back, it's been Miz, and then that's obviously nothing to do with this, but then it was Rollins three times, right? So he's already beaten Rollins, one of the former members of the Shield. Now he's moving over to Roman, the other person in the Shield that he had a history with before he left the first time. And since we're not really counting the Stardust thing, we take that out because this has nothing to do with him, and he doesn't want anything to do with that. If he wanted to go all the way back to that time frame and say, like, hey, yeah, I know you've changed a lot since then, but so have I, right? I'm not the same person that I was either. I beat you then, and I think I can beat you now type deal. It depends on how far back they want to try to connect this story. But I agree with you. On the surface, surface, I didn't say it was going to be captivating, but on the surface, yes, it doesn't look like there's any, any connection. But it depends on how far back they want to go. And, of course, your issue, other issue with that is the fact that uh, WWE people haven't watched the last uh, decade. They've watched the last two years, apparently, because they only have memory for the last year or half or whatever the storyline is going on right now. And when it changes to another storyline, it feels like they just forget everything that happened before that. So you got to work in between the lines of, hey, your diehards that actually follow Cody and then the diehards that just follow Roman and WWE and nothing else. Your other issue with this is, you have to go Cody here because Rock wasn't ready, one. And two, you didn't build up anyone that can go against Roman because you let Roman destroy everybody for fucking three years. So this is really on WWE, right? So he's already destroyed Kevin Owens a million times. He's already destroyed fucking Brock Lesnar. He's already destroyed Seth Rollins. He's already destroyed everyone in his path that even was close to an inkling of having a shot against them. Finn Balor, Edge, Danielson... All of these people he's destroyed. So really, Cody's the only fresh face that's never fought him. So you have to put Cody in this situation if you can't get your hands on The Rock. So, I mean, it's really your hands were tied if you're WWE, but it was your own fault that they were tied. You tied your own hands. Um, He's even destroyed Bray Wyatt, so he can't even use Bray Wyatt either. So it was literally Cody. That was it. And then on the Rhea Ripley side, it was, like, I, I agree with you, clearly the right choice. We both picked her. I, I did have reservations when she came out at number one. I was like, fuck, maybe, maybe she's not going to win. But then I forgot that the women's Royal Rumble history is not that long. And no one's fr- no one's won from number one for the women. So if you think about it in a vacuum like that, then yeah, okay. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Rhea, right? The other reason that Rhea works so well is because Rhea has connections to both champions. Strong connections to both champions currently. So really the story coming out of this really is what is Rhea going to decide? The only other person that it would have made sense in the Women's Royal Rumble would have been Asuka. Because Asuka came back out with her Kana character, and because she also has ties to Charlotte, where she needs to avenge that loss at WrestleMania when Charlotte ended her undefeated streak, which was bullshit. Um, So that would have been cool to see if Asuka would have won and then challenged Charlotte at WrestleMania to get the title back and and to avenge her loss against Charlotte. But Rhea Ripley has that same claim. So Rhea Ripley, like she said in the press conference afterwards... Um, she has a huge history with Bianca, with Bianca, obviously Bianca is the one that eliminated her in the Rumble a year or two ago, right? So, and they had the really cool fucking, uh, ending sequence, uh, where Bianca was put on the map, and then, of course, you also have Rhea's strong ties with Charlotte, where she lost to her 
for the NXT title after Charlotte won the Rumble and went for Rhea's title in Tampa. And then um, Charlotte beat her. So now she could avenge that loss. Also, like Rhea said, if she ends up winning the SmackDown title, she becomes a Grand Slam champion. So the SmackDown title is the only one she hasn't held. So she's got um, a decision to make too. So I think the actual, the interesting part with the Rhea thing is who she's going to go after because she's on Raw, but she has strong ties to both champions. So that's cool. And the the setback with the Cody thing is you have no one else to fall back on because of the way you set this all up. It's really your own fault. Now, obviously, you could go Sammy. You could, but you're going to put Solo in there. You could put Jay in there. Like, I don't think so because I don't think that's good enough for WrestleMania. You in don't their think eyes. Colin... In their eyes. Okay. Not our eyes. But in their eyes, Jay Uso, who the fuck is a goddamn tag team wrestler, right? Is not going to no. be in the main event of WrestleMania. It's just not going to happen because look who's in charge. It's the just not going to happen. The whole thing with the Jay story is that it calls back to three years ago when the bloodline first started, where he was wrestling single. He was doing singles wrestling. The whole thing started with him not wanting to join the bloodline and, and Reigns beating the shit out of him to get him to join. And that whole I quit match where he was about to kill Jimmy unless Jay quit, like all that shit. That's the whole reason he walked out at the end of last night. Like, there's a lot more there to work with. There's always been that level of dissension from the start where it's kind of like, okay, like, I'll, I'll join you because, like, you're the strongest guy. Um, but it's not like he was ever okay with how he got put into the group, clearly. Yeah, I know. I agree. I understand the story, but that's and not how having, Vince and Triple H see it. I'm telling you, that's not what's going to happen. Like he, it's not like he wasn't having a competitive singles match with Reigns at the time. Like, he's credible to go in a singles match against Reigns. And, even, uh, and again, like I said, even if you don't want to go that route, there was always Solo you could have done that with. You could have done that with Sammy. Um, I disagree about Solo. A, Solo. Why would Solo be at fucking WrestleMania in the main event against Roman out of nowhere? He hasn't even really done anything. He's been a lackey the whole time. He's been the heater. He's not going to be in the, ro- the fucking main event of WrestleMania, dude. Not that's yet. That's interesting, though. Also, you could have always done something, too. Um, you, you were talking about, like, oh, Roman destroyed all these guys. Roman destroyed all these guys. Not really. Pretty much in all those matches, it's not like it's not like many of them were clean, bro. It was usually, like, some fuck finish, ref bump, uh, interference, dick shot, like, whatever. There's been multiple times in these matches where it was like a... Um, like a visual pin, kind of like they did last night, where Owens actually did get like a five-count pin on the pop-up powerbomb, but there's no ref in there. That's not the first time they've done that in some of his matches. Oh, I agree with that, but here's the thing, is when you're going into that when you're going into that match, did you pick Owens? Did you ever think Owens had a shot to win that match? No, but that's because they're setting up the That's my shit. point. It's- they're not going to use a Kevin Owens, a Bray Wyatt, a Seth Rollins, a Lesnar at WrestleMania again when no one believes that Roman's going to fucking lose the title. It's pointless. We've the seen it a million times. The reason that Kevin Owens clearly wasn't going to win was because they announced Cody at the fucking Rumble like three weeks ahead of time. That's why. It wouldn't have mattered if Cody was in the Rumble or not. Owens was not winning that match. They, were, they clearly were not setting up Cody versus KO. That's why. It doesn't matter. Yes, there is a reality where Roman Reigns could have lost that match if they absolutely cannot get the rock. Cody's not ready to go yet, and they want to have Sammy turn and do the fucking Sammy KO thing. Yeah, you could have. You could have told yes, that story. Roman would have lost to Owens after he already fucking beat him three times in a row. Yes. No. No. Yeah. No. Because not for of the a fucking shit. fucking six hundred day goddamn reign. You're not losing the title to Kevin Owens after you already yes. beat him eight times during this fucking reign, dude. That's not happening. It's not happening. Eight hundred eighty something. It's not happening. 
Um, so I disagree with that. I do agree with the Jay Uso being Jay Uso and Sami Zayn being much better stories. You got one hundred percent support on my side for that. But it's just not going to happen with who is in charge at WrestleMania. You're going to put the person in there that has the biggest fucking uh, Listen, truckload of shit behind his fucking name, and that's Cody. But the conversation we're having fault. isn't the conversation you were having is not will the people in charge do it. The conversation was you were essentially saying they didn't have anyone else except for Cody because of the way that they booked Reigns, and that's not fucking true. I think that if is true. It's not because again, you just said. Jay and Sammy both make more interesting stories. Yeah, okay. Well, the best story doesn't always go at WrestleMania, though. That's my point. When you had fucking Roman versus uh, Brock for fucking four years in a row, that wasn't the best story. But it made the most sense as far as a WrestleMania main event goes because they're trying to make money. That's my point. We know that. What I'm telling you is that you can't say that there's nobody else they could have put in that slot except for Cody because of the way he was booked. That's not true. Yes, I can because that's true. There's Social nobody media else is they not story based when it comes there. to that kind of shit. That it hasn't been for a while. I'm There's telling you, I don't agree they... with it, but that's just how they run shit. That's my yes, problem. That's how they run shit. Do you understand the difference between they can't do it and they won't do it? Yeah, I do. Okay, so the conversation I'm having is they could do this. This works. This would work. The conversation you're having is they won't do it. Do you understand the difference? Yeah, I understand that. I don't understand that me and you don't watch WWE in the same way as other people either. There's Those people are not going to tune into fucking Jay Uso versus fucking Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because of the story behind it when they know that Jay Uso has zero shot at taking the title off of Roman Reigns. Bullshit. You hear that pop when he walked out last night? Yeah, so what? That's a root. That's what, 60,000 fucking people? That all okay. understand the story? I didn't say they don't understand the story, but nobody wants to see that shit at WrestleMania. Okay. If you say Night so, two of I, WrestleMania, I main event, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Really, dude? Cool as fuck. Come on, man. Cool as fuck. Absolutely. No, I'd watch that. I disagree. 100%. You're going to watch it because it's WrestleMania. You're not watching it because it's fucking Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. I don't give a shit about WrestleMania. It ain't it's fucking pointless. That's a pointless main event. That's not going to happen. It's going to be fucking Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the titles at WrestleMania. That's what they're setting up for. And I actually feel worse for Sami Zayn than anybody else in that scenario because Sami Zayn is the one that's fucking over. He's the one that took the fucking ball and ran with it, honestly. You had Jey Uso at first, yes. He took the ball and ran with it when uh, when uh, Jimmy was out with injury or whatever it was, right? So then Jay had to do the singles matches like you were talking about years ago when he's the bloodline started. And yes, he ran with the ball while he had it. But then they just fucking put him right back in the tag team like nothing happened. No one fucking went to bat for Jay Uso for the last fucking two years and say, hey, what the fuck are you doing with this shit? Stop putting the tag team titles on him and fucking pigeonholing him as a tag. Nobody did that. Now you're about to do the same thing with fucking Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn is over like fucking Brian Danielson was during his fucking uh, organic rise to the top. And he took something and went and ran the ball, ran with the ball, and fucking scored multiple times out there. And then they still didn't see him see him as a face of the company or as a champion. I, I'm not even gonna say face of the champion or face of the company anymore because that's stupid. But as a potential world champion, to the point where the fans would not let up until they did it. And I feel like that same thing could happen with Sami Zayn, but it's just not gonna happen with who's in charge. It, they've already set up the tag team title match, which is fine. I think the match would be fucking amazing. The tag title match is going to be really good. It's just, how do they get there with Jay walking out? Do they have it 
where they set up a three-on-three -three match at Elimination Elimination Chamber, and that's where Jay turns on him officially and sides with Bloodline the entire time to set up the tag team match. And then they then Roman can focus on Cody. I don't know what I don't know how they're really gonna get there from here. Maybe Cody doesn't fucking make it to WrestleMania. Maybe Cody loses that fucking Elimination Chamber with his spot on the line, which is stupid shit that babyfaces do all the time. Oh, I'm putting my Rumble spot, my WrestleMania spot. A Royal Rumble win on the line at Elimination Chamber. If you win, I won't challenge. That's I hate that so much. They make baby faces look so fucking stupid. It's, but it's something it that they would do with Cody because you it know it doesn't fit the story. The, the whole story is he wants to win the fucking belt. He's not going to put his chance on the line. Nonsense. Um, but I still think they, they're going to go. I don't think they're going to go Logan versus Seth yet at Elimination Chamber. They're going to save that for WrestleMania clearly. So I think that there is a real possibility that Cody goes against Seth. At Elimination Chamber. Is what I'm saying. Not in the Elimination, Elimination Chamber match, obviously, but at Elimination well, Chamber. The Elimination Chamber match will probably have Sammy in it. And then whoever wins. I don't think they're going to have a men's Elimination Chamber match at all. I think it's going to be just a women's one. They did that one year where it was the... Um, where it was just like... Uh, it was a tag team one instead because they didn't... When Roman was there last year, they didn't have a one for Romans or number one contender for Romans. They had a women's one and then they had the tag team one. So it's not necessarily guaranteed that they're going to have a single men's elimination chamber match to go against Roman because it doesn't really make any sense because Cody is the um, rightful heir to the WrestleMania spot. And then, of course, you have Roman that doesn't want to fucking compete on a lot of these shows and stuff because he's trying to wind down. So I don't even think they're going to do that, honestly. Right, but the thing is, the Royal Rumble win doesn't give you a match against someone specific, it gives you the main event of WrestleMania and the title match. It doesn't matter who the fuck the champion is. So you can still book Elimination Chamber as whoever wins this gets Roman Reigns at the next pay-per-view when they're expected to lose because obviously Reigns is going to headline WrestleMania. But the story you could tell there is Sami Zayn is about to win the Elimination Chamber and then Jay comes and fucks him up. And yeah, but the next pay-per-view after program. Elimination Chamber is, is WrestleMania, though. That's the problem. Don't they have Fastlane? They have Fastlane in between this year? I don't, I don't think know. so. Pretty sure Elimination Chamber and then WrestleMania. I'm going to look it up right quick, but... I'll, a roadblock or whatever the fuck that stupid one in the middle is? I don't think they have one anymore. I'm pretty sure it's Elimination Chamber and then straight to WrestleMania. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the order. I still don't know why Roman would fight at Fastlane even if that was the case, but... Um, right, so there's Vengeance Day on the 4th. Um, that's kind of weird. Team. That's that's five fucking days. That was a network exclusive. Yes. Yeah, I'm just giving you the whole event schedule. Elimination Chamber, Stand and Deliver. That's which NXT. is right, and then WrestleMania 39. Okay, so, so it's WrestleMania. Where the fuck is like the fast lane roadblock? All I don't think they cool. do that anymore, dude. They don't do the 14 pay per views a year anymore. I think they cut it down. Yeah, 2021. It was Elimination <laughs> Chamber, then Fast Lane. So Budget that's cuts. why I'm thinking about it, yeah. Budget cuts. Anyway, so let's move on to the rest of WrestleMania. Um, I mean, rest of WrestleMania. Rest of Royal Rumble, rather, I should say. Um, all right, so you had Bianca and Alexa. What I didn't like about this match is the fact that when you're at Royal Rumble, one of the four main pay-per-views, the only things that should be cliffhangers are who the fuck the Royal Rumble winners are going to go after at WrestleMania. And in Cody's case, we already know, because there's only one champ, right? In Rhea's case, she has a choice. What I don't like at Royal Rumble is when your fucking champion, in this case, Bianca Belair, 
is overshadowed by a storyline with Alexa Bliss that doesn't even get resolved. Now, we said on the prediction show that Bianca was clearly going to win this match because it was supposed to send Alexa officially over the edge into the character officially. And all they did was another stupid small T-step, which I can't fucking stand at Royal Rumble. This is when she should have went, like, broken Matt Hardy type deal and, like, you knew she was officially changing. Not another fucking tease. I hate it. The slow burn to a story that I don't even care about is super annoying. Plus, and they've already done. It's also not interesting. They've already done this character. If it was the first time they were doing this character, it'd be still probably not that interesting, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's you're, you're teasing a return to a character that was only over in merch sales of dolls. <laughs> like, I don't... The whole thing is... it's. Dragged out way too long. You know what's cool though? Like if this, if she was going from this character to the character that she had when she appeared to turn on Bray Wyatt against Randy Orton, like if that character never showed up there, and this is what she was going to, because it would be something different, I'd be okay with it. But when you're going right back to the same character that you were the first time, I don't like that. See, the thing with Bray Wyatt is he's a different version, another version of character of what he was before. So at least it's something different. It's another wrinkle. It's not going right back to the same shit we've already seen. In Alexa's case, and we don't know for sure because, like I said, it was a fucking tease, but it seems like they're going right back to what the fuck she was with the doll and shit because the doll was popping up on the screen and all that other dumb shit with Uncle Howdy and everything. So I don't like when you're at your main, you're one of your main four fucking pay-per-views and you tease a storyline to the point now where we have to watch this shit for another fucking three to four weeks. I don't like that at all. And it makes Bianca look dumb because you should be building up your champions as a fucking dominant champion, but we get overshadowed by this shit because you get a short match because we got to fit that dumb shit in at the end, right? And then uh, Bianca is just like kind of thrown to the by the wayside over here and fucking Rhea might be challenging her for the championship at WrestleMania and that is who you should be building up so that you can look like you have two unstoppable fucking beings going against each other so you have no idea who's going to win. Because right now, it looks like it doesn't matter who Rhea's challenge is, she's going to win the fucking title. Because you're not making Bianca look strong on one side, and because Charlotte, we're just trying to get her to fucking 16 championships on the other side. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I don't care about the Alexa stuff. I've never cared about the Alexa stuff. I've always thought it was kind of... Not... Corny, what's the word? Hokey, maybe? I don't know. There's a word for it. Overproduced. How about that? It's, it's just not, like their press conference good. after. It's overproduced as fuck. Yeah, it's not good. It's like people wanted her to be Sister Abigail, right? For right. a while. She was in the running for that. Um, and Liv Morgan as well. There was a couple people that were really pushing for certain people to be Sister Abigail. When you don't become Sister Abigail and you become something else and then you turn it into such a gimmicky fucking thing with the with the doll, that that's what's really annoying to me. Like the sister if she wouldn't she doesn't have to be called Sister Abigail, but if she would have went more down that path instead of looking like a little Harley Quinn whatever the fuck is going on and I'm connected to this doll and this doll is talking right. to me and shit, that's stupid as fuck. I didn't I don't like that at all. I get it from the kid's perspective, but she's also was supposed to be a heel the whole time. So why would you be selling those to little kids and it's like this horror creepy fucking character that's a bad guy? Yeah, let's sell these for kids and this is gonna make us a ton of money on merch. That makes no sense to me. You know who did the Julia or the the Sister Abigail thing perfectly was Julia Hart. Like the the role that she has is what Alexa should have been doing when that whole thing happened with all the 
the Bray Wyatt shit. Like, the whole, like, I'm, you can't really tell what her level of influence or control is over the group, but she's there and she seems to have some level of influence or control. She wrestles differently completely. Um, just her whole, everything changed up and it made her way more interesting. It doesn't come off like really fucking, like, cartoony. It, it, you don't get that sense from it at all. Uh, that's that's the direction that they should have always gone with the the Alexa Bliss turn and just. That's why I was saying the Alexa Bliss that showed up during the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match when she had like the crown of fucking barbed wire thorns or whatever and was bleeding from the head. That shit was right. so creepy, but it but it was already diluted by the doll shit before. So if she would have went to that space from the get and she was going back to that now, I'd be okay. I wouldn't even have a huge problem with it, as big of a problem with it. But when you're already teasing the doll shit again, that's where it really you lose me. You're losing me already. Like I don't care, and and I feel bad for Bianca because Bianca's been a really good champion. She was my uh, she was my um, she won what she won one of my monster awards. What the fuck monster award did she win for me? I can't remember. Uh, female wrestler of the year, I think. Right? MVP. MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah. Female MVP. She won my female MVP. She was she's been a beast ever since she got the title back. And then at Royal Rumble, that's when you do. I mean, like. One of your four big pay-per-views, you're supposed to fucking be pushing your champions going into WrestleMania. And just because you get a win doesn't mean you're getting pushed, if that makes sense, right? So, like, no one's thinking about, oh, man, Bianca put on another great performance. Like, we're thinking about with Jamie Hayter and Emi Sakura, right, on Rampage, right? Awesome fucking match. It was the main event. That's what everybody was talking about coming out of that. Damn, Jamie Hayter put on another great match. That's what you should be doing with fucking Bianca. So, I feel bad for Bianca at, at the moment for that. Hopefully, they get that shit righted. Uh, before WrestleMania, because I do feel like she's losing the title if Rhea picks her. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think I think Charlotte is the more obvious choice, though, for Ripley. The only thing I will say about that is Charlotte is supposed to be a face, so either way, this is supposed to be right, face versus heel, right? Because right. Rhea's clearly the heel, even though everybody's cheering her. Um, but Charlotte doesn't come off as a face, so it doesn't no. really work. She so if she wanted to go and like actually get booed and be a heel, then Bianca's actually the right choice. But yeah, I get I get what you're saying. As yeah. far as getting the Grand Slam and getting the avenging your loss at WrestleMania, yeah, Charlotte's the easy choice. You can always fight Bianca down the road because you're both young and you both came up at the same time. You're both in an NXT at the same time. Charlotte's already a fucking what what time champion? 13, 14 time champion or some crazy shit like that. Like, she's going for the 16, so if you're going to get your match out of Charlotte at WrestleMania, this would be the time to do it. So I agree with you that Charlotte is the more obvious choice out of the two at the moment. Let's go on, because we already talked about Royal Rumble. Well, let's talk about um, the other match. Let's talk about... <laughs> let's talk about... Um, let's talk about the best part of my show, or my show, yeah. my, uh, my party. I passed out Mountain Dew Pitch Blacks to everyone. As soon as the graphic came out, that was, I'm just going to let you know, the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Okay, so our bar on the show was really fucking low. Really fucking low for this match, right? So technically, right it this. exceeded expectations for me. However, a D-plus doesn't really... <laughs> like, okay, like, like, I heard it sucked for the fans in attendance. They couldn't see shit, which I get. Yeah. A lot of it took place outside. Lights are out, obviously. Um, I feel, I feel bad for the fans that were there. 50 fucking plus fans, 50 fuck, 50 K plus fans, right? 
Um, 50 plus fans, that's impact. But 50K plus fans at it's this both. fucking place. Like, it's 51,300 something, some crazy shit, right? Well, the 50 people. Um, they couldn't see. And I feel bad for those guys. I really do. Because Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. If I had paid to go see that, I'd be fucking pissed, right? But, um... <laughs> um oh, shit. <laughs> Batman, Batman Forever... Batman Forever uh, cinematology aside, right? The yeah. black light shit. I didn't have a problem. When, like when they turn off the lights and I realized everything was black light, I was like, "Why the fuck didn't you just say this? You had three, four weeks to explain to us exactly what this match was going to be." But my biggest issue with the match isn't necessarily that LA Knight lost. We all knew he was going to lose. Me and you picked him to lose. Not even necessarily that it wasn't even close. We didn't think it was going to be close. This is Bray's first match back, and he was going into this new alter ego or whatever. LA Knight had no shot. LA Knight carried this match, by the way, promo-wise, going into this. And then not even the fact that um, the match on TV looked a lot better than, obviously, what it looked like uh, live. I didn't have a problem with it. I was a lot more scared. I thought they were going to do the Jake the Snake Rick Martell blindfold match type deal or fucking turn off the lights every 30 seconds for a minute or every or every minute for 30 seconds or some stupid shit like that. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe do like the Inferno match and every time somebody took a big bump, you turn the lights on, they flicker or something. Um, <laughs> um, something stupid like that, right? But what they ended up doing wasn't that bad compared to what I was expecting. But the problem I have, the biggest problem I have with the match is that what the fuck was that supposed to do to give Bray Wyatt an advantage and not L.A. Knight? You get what I'm saying? Like, how did that put L.A. Knight in a bigger disadvantage than Bray Wyatt? Oh, you're going to be in this Mountain Dew pitch black match. You can still see him. Not only that, you made yourself glow that you so that he could see you even better. You put the Jeff Hardy fucking paint on. And, like, what what is the fucking advantage that Bray Wyatt had over L.A. Knight in this? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I hated the fact that it didn't really have any repercussions in the match itself as far as the two talents in the ring. But I actually was kind of hyped because I thought it kind of looked cool, honestly. Like you said, it looked like the back of a Spencer's, right? So I think what they were going for is that Bray Wyatt being a, a spooky, spooky man is more acclimated to the dark than L.A. Knight would be. I, I think that's the advantage. That's literally all I can think of. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, he grew up in the swamp with a gas lamp. That's all the light he ever had. And uh, so he's just got the tactical advantage versus L.A. Knight. <laughs> I don't fucking know, bro. It was, um, it was a match. It was a match. Oh, it exists. Um, it exists. It ex- I don't think exists. we'll ever see another one. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Mountain Dew Code Red, and they bring back the red lights for the Fiend next year, possibly Code Red match. No, Mountain, Mount, Mountain Dew Spark, and it's just fucking electrified wire around the whole ring. Like, no, uh, they just got to bring back the Halloween Havoc thing with the electric chair for Abdullah that didn't work, where Cactus Jack had to put the handle back up and then bring it back down because the handle broke or whatever. It was, <laughs> or they could do live wire, which is like just fake ass barbed wire around the ring. Um, but also lit, lit up like Christmas lights. <laughs> no, just you gotta. So you know those electric fences you put up for like dogs and cattle and stuff. Yeah, there you go. That. Yeah, yeah. So every time you do an iron trip, you just go you shock collars on them too. Yeah, so you can't go outside the ring and you get shocked if you go outside the ring. 
That was so bad. It was so bad, but it was actually not as bad as I actually pictured in my head, which is crazy because it was still terrible, right? It's still terrible, but it could have been even worse than that. So I got to give him a little bit of credit and I don't want to. D plus. D plus on that match. It was, I don't know, man. It was fucking crazy. And then the Uncle Howdy shit where apparently they got Jeff Hardy to jump off the fucking thing for him um, to go through and miss LA Knight completely and then uh, have the fire go up. The fire go up. Now, obviously, this is, I think, this is just a way to get LA Knight off of TV for a few weeks because there's no reason for you to come back now. You were in this pitch black match, which was supposed to be so devastating, right? So you had to get a way to get him off TV because if he just shows up now on SmackDown, it's going to make Bray Wyatt look stupid, right? I think that's way funnier, though. If he just shows up and he's like, yeah, it was a match, but it was dark. I don't know. What do you want to tell you? <laughs> I mean, I, and I it could, sucks I for me because I, could, I actually I like see. LA Knight a lot. LA Knight is a former, I was a future world champion if they do it right. But the problem is, is he's a little bit older, so they need to hurry up, man, because he's really fucking good. I thought the promo he did with Undertaker on the 30th anniversary of Raw was fucking hilarious, dude. But he's fucking said, after I win the pitch black match at Royal Rumble, you're going to be calling me the Lord of Darkness. I thought that was the fucking funniest line of all time, dude. It was so good. I was like, dude, that was so fucking well done. Yeah, let's fucking go. Um, but yeah, I love LA Knight. I've always I liked LA too. Knight. I liked Eli Drake was one of my favorites in uh, Impact and NWA when the brief time that we watched it before it all went to shit. Um, but yeah, he was like reasons why I tuned into those two promotions. So I'm really hoping that one of the reasons I'm hoping Vince doesn't come in and take control of creative is because he's going to fuck up LA Knight again. Honestly, that's one of my main concerns um, because you definitely have a superstar right there that could do a lot of good stuff for your company. And uh, you need to take advantage of that while it's there. Um, let's talk about, Oh fuck. Okay. Let's talk about, um, do you want to talk about the actual individual rumbles? Not the winners per se, but do you want to talk about the actual rumbles or do you want to just go ahead and go to Sammy and I mean, uh, Roman and Owens and then. Um, so in the men's rumble, I wish it. Okay. First of all, why the fuck did they announce Cody coming back ahead of time? Dude, Him in the press out. conference. You watched the press conference or no? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. The first fucking thing he said was he was about to cry, which I had Cody crying on my bingo card, just so y'all know, even though I'm a huge yes. fan of Cody. The motherfucker almost cried like three times in the press conference alone. But here's the thing. So he's like, I guess part Ric Flair. Because um, he has to cry at everything. But he said, oh, he was talking about the, um, he was talking about the pop that he got. And he was choking up over the pop that he got in Texas, of, of all places. He's in Texas, right? So he's going to get a pop. His brother's right. from Texas. His dad was very prevalent down there, right? He's from Georgia. He's from down there. So, like, in Texas, of course he's going to get a pop. But here's my problem. Is that, here's the thing, dude. Is, imagine the pop you would have gotten if they didn't bury the lead three fucking weeks ago. Imagine yeah. coming out at 27 instead of 30. By the way, coming out at 30 was actually worse for him because once you realize that he's the only one not there and you already knew he was going to be in the Rumble and then 30's up there, you already know that's his number. And it's like, damn, you're just feeding him this shit. If instead they should have kept it secret, had him come out at like 28, and then this would, he would have got the fuck, he would have got an edge pop. He would have got an edge pop. But no, they fucked that whole thing up. So he's about to cry over the pop that he got because it was so emotional. Imagine how fucking emotional it would have been if they didn't fuck up your return. 
Yeah, I don't know why. They, I'm assuming they announced it to sell tickets because they think Cody's like a big draw or whatever. I don't know how big of a draw Cody really is. I, you know, it's not like I've looked into the numbers or anything. I'll tell you but, what I think it was actually. What I think actually it was is they were going to have Cody coming out at 30 regardless if people knew he was going to come back or not, all right? But when the rumor came out that The Rock was going to fight Roman at WrestleMania, and the only way that that would make sense is if The Rock came and won the Royal Rumble, if right. you fucking have no sense of Cody at all, right? You don't announce him. And then 30 hits, and it's Cody, and it's not The Rock, people are going to turn on Cody. That was my yeah. main issue. That's why I said bring him out at 27 or 28 instead, and then when 30 comes out, you can put the heat on somebody that doesn't matter, like Adolph Ziggler or something. Like, he don't give a fuck if you boo the shit out of him. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? But they, but they already kind of had the out for The Rock shit when The Rock came out and said, I'm not ready, so I said no, and all the reports where I said no, whatever. Like, they didn't have to... I agree, but then you still have people like me who was like, eh, I still think it could be a swerve, and... This could all and be then you would thing. be wrong, and then you can't be that disappointed about being but, wrong but about we're the talking about WWE fans here, dude. We're talking about WWE <sighs> fans here. Yeah, like people respect the shit out of Batista, but they still booed the fuck out of him when it wasn't Daniel Bryan. You get what I'm saying? He was wearing blue. Um, <laughs> they weren't saying boo. They were saying blue. No, they weren't. No, they were. They were saying <laughs> boo. They were saying blue on the internet, but they were saying boo in real life. <laughs> um. All right. So. All right. So that. The other thing is, I hate, I don't want to say hate, I dislike Corey Graves, okay? Yeah, By the way, Pat McAfee showing up, that was awesome. And I love the fact that they hid it from Michael Cole, because he was genuinely surprised and excited. It was awesome. Yeah. I love like, that, I dude. That was so cool. What do you huh? mean? Yeah, he's, he's like, like yeah, I just talked to you. I just talked to you on FaceTime, you fucking liar. I just liar. talked to you, bro. You didn't <laughs> say you were coming. That's so good. Like, I'm glad that they held that from him. That was cool. Because a lot of people don't know that Michael Cole and Pat McAfee did not get along at first. Right, because the very first time that Pat McAfee showed up at like a WrestleMania or whatever, and Michael Cole's in charge of like all the commentary stuff, right, and a lot of other stuff, he got mad because Pat McAfee had wore those shorts at WrestleMania. He wore the he wore the sports jacket and the shirt underneath or whatever, but then he had shorts on, like they were dress pants, but they're cut into shorts. And Michael Cole was pissed, and it wasn't that he necessarily was pissed at Pat McAfee. He was pissed because he thought Vince was going to be pissed at Michael Cole for allowing him to do it, right? But anyway, you see this organic fucking friendship build up and they're like legit happy to work with each other, going fucking nuts, dancing. And like, they're basically like the UFC's Joe Rogan. They like get like real fucking excited at ringside type deal. Like super hyped about shit. When Liv won the title, they got fucking hyped. When Nakamura comes out and he's dancing on the table, like that's legit Pat McAfee. Have you ever watched his show on YouTube? I love his show on YouTube. I'd rather watch that than a lot of ESPN stuff because it's, it's so fucking good. He's so good. Um... So when he came back, that was that was a cool fucking moment. Um, and I don't really like Corey Graves, honestly, as far as commentary goes. When he first started, I thought he was really good when he wasn't trying to be the heel guy, right? right. He started out really fucking good. Everybody's like, damn, Corey Graves is really good at this commentary thing. Then, of course, he goes into trying to be Bobby Heenan or whatever, and it's just not working. Um, but I will say the one thing about Corey Graves that I completely 100% agree with, and he's been doing it since 2018 in the first Women's Royal Rumble match. The amount of fucking disdain I have for someone saving someone else that's about to get thrown over the fucking top rope is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Now, I understand that it's wrestling, and logic is not a big part of it, but Jesus fucking Christ, if someone that is not your friend is about to get thrown over the top rope, don't hit the fucking person that's throwing them over the top. It makes you look so fucking dumb. I hate it. 
And me and Corey Graves are right there, eye to eye on that shit, because he gets pissed off every time he sees that shit. Like, Jim Ross getting mad at a referee in AEW. <laughs> like, it's bad, dude. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? It makes you look stupid. Stupid. Yeah. I don't like that either. Um, it made, obviously, it made sense when it's like Kofi and Xavier, or it made sense when it's like Sheamus and, and McIntyre. But, all, yeah, there was too many times that, like, Ricochet would come over and break up some shit. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Just let him throw the fucking guy out. You're dumb. Did you see the part where Dana Brooke saved somebody and she's like, oh, you're, you're welcome. They're not even connected in any way. Oh, remember that. I saved you. And then she gets eliminated right after. I'm like, you were dumb. That was so dumb. That made you look so dumb. Why do you guys keep doing that? It makes your character look so dumb. Dumb. And I understand baby faces aren't supposed to be the smartest in the world. But Jesus Christ, dude. Holy shit. I hate that. Hate it. It's very bad. Whoever whoever produces and books that shit really has to tell them to stop doing that. I, I think a lot of the time it's like they're trying to find something to do in the background or like they've been laying too long or they've had their little punch fight in the background of the big spot and they're trying to move on to the thing that they think they should be doing next and they just go to the next closest person to start more like slow brawling or whatever. But it's just like, bro, just leave it alone. Just wait. Okay, the so when Nia Jax comes out and they all dump her out, right? The other thing I don't like about Royal Rumbles is they all dump out Nia Jax, who came out at number 30 and is back and apparently has signed a new deal because she's got new merch and everything, right? Which I don't have a huge problem with. I understand that she isn't the safest or whatever, but there's also accidents that happen. I'm not going to pin all that shit on her, okay? Now, her as a person, that's a different that's a different storyline altogether. I'm not... If I, can, if I can look the other way for Jericho, I'm willing to do it for Nia Jax, okay? Let's, let's be real. Um, I'll give her the benefit, benefit of the doubt. So I don't have a problem with her, them bringing her back, per se. Um, but my problem in the Royal Rumble, and just strictly Royal Rumble kayfabe shit, is you all teamed up to throw out Nia Jax, right? Cool. That makes sense. Why the fuck didn't you all that were left in there say, okay, now let's throw out fucking Piper Niven? Who was the next huge person in there that you could have fucking thrown out that would have been super hard for a, a single person to throw out? Why didn't you just go team up on her, too? That doesn't make any sense to me. When you got big dudes in there, like I was watching an old Royal Rumble and it had Mark Henry and Big Daddy V in it at the same time. And they get Mark Henry out. And no one just turns around and be like, hey, let's get fucking Big Daddy V's fat ass out of here too. Like, um, come on, what are we thinking? Did you just it's, use it's, all your strength on Nia Jax with a fucking 12 people that you can't go throw out Piper Niven now? It's the threat level. It's not the size. The, the way that they sell that or tell that story is literally just like, it has to be a big person that is also a threat. And Dewdrop has lost so many fucking matches that her being big isn't like a reason for them to all gang up on her. That's literally what it is. I'm very happy that they got rid of Dewdrop. I'm not going to lie. Piper Niven being her name again is thank you. Thank yeah. you. I do love the puns that they were doing when she came out, though. Um, that was great. But yes, I, I'm very happy that Dewdrop is gone. Piper Niven is back. Um, but yeah, those are just like. Shit, I fucking hate at every Rumble. And that's the men's Rumble, that's the women's Rumble, all the way back from the fucking first one. Now, the first one I give a pass because they've never had a Royal Rumble match before, right? So, okay, whatever. But when you're getting to the point where a spot at WrestleMania is on the line, which makes you look even dumber, because in 1988 right. and 89, okay, whatever. I don't give a fuck if you save somebody, right? <laughs> but when you're a babyface and you're saving somebody, dude, oh, that's so stupid. That has nothing to do with you any other week. 
oh, just, just, just a, I'm saving a baby face from a heel wrestler. No, dump those motherfuckers out. How can we sit here as a commentary team and say every man for himself fucking 80 times every fucking Royal Rumble and then it's literally you're saving everyone that's a baby face and then you get thrown out. That's so stupid. Only one of you guys can go to the fucking big dance in the main event of WrestleMania. Act like it. Just act like it, dude. Even fucking Kofi and Xavier Woods squared up. Looked like they were going to do something before they did the butt bongos, right? <laughs> like, like, what the fuck, dude? At least, at least give the imagery of you're trying to go to WrestleMania, is what I'm saying. Act oh, like yeah, it's that, a fucking big deal. Like, everybody's portraying it to be. That's all I'm saying. Kofi's, uh, Kofi's spot getting fucked up also kind of sucked. Um, Two it's years weird in a row, that they he's thought... messed up a spot now. That sucks. It's weird that they thought that would work. Because even when Pat McAfee stood on the same kind of chair at the beginning of the show, it started fucking tilting over and the the crew guy had to come and fucking hold it up from the back because it was like the weight shift on it was so fucked up. So I don't know how they thought he was going to jump on one. That was crazy. How many, um, how many crotch chops did you count last night? Fucking six. What was that? I, it was a lot, dude. Rhea Ripley did it after she won, right? Yeah. Um, McAfee Nia, did it. Nia Jax did it when she got eliminated. Pat yeah. McAfee did it when he first came out. Kevin Owens did it. Um, shit, there was somebody else that did it too. Whatever it was, it was too. It many. was like five or six. Yes, no, I agree. It was. Oh, why was it? Everybody fucking doing crotch chops last night. It was crazy. Because Triple H just had a creative run. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. That DX moment that they didn't cut that they should have on Raw the previous week at Raw thirtieth was uh, very inspiring to the crew. I guess I don't fucking know. Mm. Everybody was doing that. Um. Okay. So let's talk about obviously the. Let's talk about the after the match shit for Roman and Owens because we already touched on the match and all that other bullshit about what they're going to do at WrestleMania. The greatness of the storyline and how it was shot. You obviously have more insight into it than I do a little bit. Um, talk about one, the screenshot that you sent me that's going around the internet right now where everybody looks like they're in character and it looks like just a great picture. Like it should be a painting, right? It should be a painting. Um, if somebody paints that if... Uh, Oh God, what's her name? I don't. Oh, I'm gonna feel so bad that I just forgot her name. What's the one that does the paintings? Not MJF's uh, girlfriend, but the other one, mm, Mel Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. Mel Coleman. Yeah, if she does that. That would be cool as fuck. Um, but anyway, uh, talk about that whole sequence of of events and like how cool it was as far as and what a big step it was in the grand scheme of this fucking two plus year storyline. Yeah. So the. The shot that we're talking about, it's a, it's a shot from the floor. Uh, cameraman's on the floor looking through the ropes. His rain is, is in the foreground, having just been hit. He's like on all fours or whatever. You've got Jay in the background to the left looking at Sammy. Sammy's still looking at Reigns and then Heyman off to the right. Um, and Jay, if you look at Jay, he doesn't look mad. He doesn't look like he's freaking out. He just looks like he looks like he understands. Like it's hard to explain. Kind of like he's disappointed, but, all, but he understands it. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like they're all acting very good here. Like you you get a lot of segments in pro wrestling where the acting is like really dog shit. Um, and it's like this was the one sequence that I've seen in a really long time where it's like a high drama thing, and the acting is all like super on point. I shouldn't say in wrestling. I should say in WWE because really WWE that has a problem with this. Um, but everybody here was just like spot on. You had Jay giving that look of like, 
I understand, but like this is going to start so much shit, and I am super disappointed. We've got Reigns on the ground looking simultaneously like confused, angry, like genuinely like hurt emotionally by it. Like, fuck, this is happening again. Like, because the callback to the the Rollins chair shot in the back too. Um, he just looks like genuinely hurt, but also confused and then also angry all at the same time. It's like it's like a really good shot. Um, Sammy looking at Reigns, knowing what he just did, sort of like in disbelief, but also pretty assured with his decision. And then Heyman off to the right, just looking like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, it's such a good shot. Um, you can't really see Jimmy because of where Jimmy is in relation to Roman and the shot. But after... You know, obviously it's a video. So after Reigns moves out of the way a little bit, you see Jimmy. And Jimmy, it almost seems like he's waiting to take a cue from Jay. But then he just, like, gets overwhelmed, gets really mad. So then while Jay is trying to work shit out with Sammy, Jimmy's like, fuck that, and just kicks Sammy in the head. And then Jay doesn't immediately react to that. He's still looking at Sammy. He's not really doing anything with Jimmy. And then you can't really see it. They never get, like, a great shot of it. But you can kind of see it in the side. Where Roman Reigns, he's not he's he's not knocked out by the chair shot, but he's like sitting. He's sitting on his ass with like his head in his hands, and he's just sitting there like in disbelief, like fuck, like why is everything falling apart? Like why did I fucking trust this guy? Like why did he just turn on me? What am I doing wrong? Like all that shit. And then as it all plays out, and they're all beating the shit out of uh, Sammy, then you have Jay just standing in the corner, and then they're all looking at him like, hey, are you fucking gonna join in on this? Like what's up? And then you kind of see Jay's brain turning, and he's like, nah, fuck that, I'm not doing this, and then he leaves. And then there's the whole sequence of events with all of them, too. Now, there was one kind of funny thing that I guess they didn't really plan for very well when they were setting up the arena and all that. But they get the chair, because they're going to start beating Sam with the chair, and it's, like, accidentally funny. But the ramp is so long that Jay is walking out and as he's walking out, it takes him like eight fucking minutes to walk out because the ramp is so long. And in the background, every time they cut to Jay walking, you just hear like Sammy getting hit with the chair and all that other shit. And it's just like, bro, that's a long time to be being beaten while you're waiting on this shot to conclude of him walking out. Um, and then the shot at the end with after the bloodline all leaves the ring, Sammy's left laying. And then Kevin Owens is still handcuffed and kind of like looking at him where Owens is not unconscious. He's like, he's aware of what's going on. He sees Sammy laying out on the ground unconscious. And it's like, um, the way that it all played out just from like a composition point of view, they did really good camera work with everything. Everything was really good with the acting. Um, uh, there were a lot of nice little callbacks to stuff, even in the, the visuals and the facial expressions. Because if you remember Reigns' facial expression when he got hit by Rollins with the chair, it was very similar. It was like confusion, not understanding, like how the fuck did this happen? Like... It was the same stuff, but then also this time it was like there was more hurt in it. It's hard to explain, but you don't really see a lot of well-acted segments in WWE, and this was one of them for sure. To pull, to pull it to the point where Sammy felt the need to hit Roman, even though he knew that he was going to get his ass kicked, basically because you only got one shot on him. Because then you stunned yourself to be like, "Holy shit, I actually did it! It actually got to that point." Right. So you already knew you were going to get your ass kicked if you did that, right? But then you're right. so blinded to the point and pushed so far over the edge. It's like, 
whatever. But the thing is, the funnier part about it is, to me, is that he tried so hard to have Roman just stop. Because if Roman would just stopped, and if Roman would just put the fucking lay on him, they could have all walked out. It would have been over. Sammy would have been a fucking member. But Roman had to keep pushing it. And Roman pushed him to the point where, okay, whatever, you're not listening to me. And I already told you I don't want to be the fucking tribal chief. I'm not trying to be the leader. But it's basically like you need to respect us for all the shit that we've been doing for you too. Because they're not, they're, he's not showing anybody in the group respect because he's the tribal chief, right? But they're the ones that are making sure that he stays atop the fucking mountain here, right? So yeah. the look that Eamon gives that you're talking about, he's realizing that the island is crumbling, right? right. That's, that's really what he's, his thought process is like, holy shit, everything that we just built has the potential to get just completely destroyed now. And then Jay's reaction is the best to me because like you said earlier in the show, if you paid attention to the storyline at all, when the whole fucking bloodline thing first started, the person that would not get in line was Jay. Jay was the one that was pushing back on him. Jimmy was fine. Jimmy went right to it and he was trying to convince Jay to do it. Jay was the one that was pushing back. And then Jay was the one that was in singles matches and trying to test himself and Roman was testing him and all this other stuff. And then Jay eventually folds and joins or whatever. Then it got to the point where, okay, then he was on board and he understood or he acted like he understood. But then when he sees, when he saw somebody else go through the exact same thing, somebody that he stuck up for because he didn't like Sammy. It, the Jay-Sammy thing was a mini version of the Roman-Jay thing, right? It was the exact same setup. So he didn't like Roman and he wasn't, he wasn't going to say that Roman was his tribal chief with the huge history of the Samoan dynasty and shit with his dad being Rikishi and all this other stuff, and then he falls in line, and then he gets on board. Then, Jay didn't want the outsider Sammy to be in there. And Jay and Sammy was trying to prove himself. And then Jay eventually accepted him at War Games, right? And then it got to the point where they were on such, a good, on such good terms that when Roman gave the tribal court thing for Sammy, Sammy's tribal court, that Jay's the one that stuck up for him. So... If anybody wasn't going to attack him, weeks and weeks ago, you would have thought it was Solo, right? Because Sammy and Solo were like the only ones that were like talking and nobody else was really fucking around with Sammy. But it ends up being Jay that walks out and he's basically contemplating. I think what it really is, it's not necessarily the fact that he's going to take Sammy's side. He's just trying to process everything that just fucking happened. And he's like, I don't, dude, this just happened. I'm not about to beat his ass because it just happened. Like everybody else, like, Look how quickly Jimmy turned on him. It was almost like Jimmy was ready for that moment, right? That's the way it came off. Jimmy and Solo were ready for that moment where Sammy was going to fuck them over and they were going to beat his ass. And Jay was very much under the impression that he was never going to get fucked over by Sammy and that Sammy was bloodline. And then he was so disappointed that he was trying to process everything. And that's why he left and he was like, fuck that, I'm not going to beat his ass because what you did to me is the same thing that you just did to him. And I know how that feels. And I understand that, like, even on SmackDown, when he wasn't supposed to be there and they had that moment outside, right? Right. When he wasn't supposed to be there and he was like, oh, don't worry about it, man. I got your back. He's like, if you ever need anything from me for helping me with the tribal thing, you can, you can, call, you can call me or whatever. I got your back. So, like, they clearly had the biggest bond out of everybody. And that's even including Jimmy and Jay. So it was, it was so well fucking done, dude. Like, honestly, it saved the show, if we're being yeah. real about it. It saved yeah. the fucking show. Because we already thought something weird was going to happen because they put it on last at the Royal Rumble, which almost never happens. So we thought something was going to happen. 
they they did telegraph a little bit by having the slit in Sammy's shirt to make it easier to tear. Like something was clearly going to happen if if you've got if you notice that little notch and is you aren't texting me about it, but I had already seen it too. But there, if you ever see somebody in wrestling that's got a, a notch cut in the top of their shirt uh, around the collar part, it's because it's going to get torn off at some point. It's hard to tear through that collar, but once that collar is cut through, it's super easy to tear through. Um, so just a little inside baseball for y'all if you've never noticed yeah um, i mean yeah and i caught it right away as soon as he came out i was like damn he's got his fucking shirt slit i was like either he's got another shirt on underneath it or i mean he's clearly gonna get it ripped off he's yeah. gonna get it ripped off or he's gonna rip it off and unveil something else so there's a couple of moments in the match where he had the opportunity right so if you looked at what shirt owens was wearing he was wearing a tank top version of his shirt so it would have made sense for him to have the tank top underneath instead of a regular shirt because when he was doing the one thing and everything you would have been able to see another shirt under him right then when the ref got knocked out there was a possibility that it could have been a referee shirt under, underneath it and he like you never know it could be attitude error shit right so you who knows right so that was also a possibility but then none of that happened you're like well what the fuck man he had the fucking slit in his shirt what's going on and then at the end when roman rips the fucking shirt off him because he's no longer honorary oos or whatever I was like, oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, so it's crazy. It, what's going to be the most interesting coming out of this entire storyline to me isn't even the fact, does Sammy get his revenge on Roman? Does he get the titles? Does Jay get the title from him? Does Cody get the title from him? I don't even care. How long do they have it where Owens and Sammy are actually on the same side? Because Owens and Sammy turn on each other all the fucking time. So if you did all this storyline so they could get back together and win the tag titles, and then Owens turns on this motherfucker again... That whole storyline looks like complete dog shit and Sammy looks stupid for going back with his friend because Owens is literally in that territory of Orton, Michaels, Christian, where you just Big don't show. trust those motherfuckers. <laughs> they turn on you constantly. And that's yeah. and that's the beauty of the whole storyline is because you can see Roman's point when he made the jackass comment, when he says that Owens doesn't care about you the way that we care about you. We've never turned on you. Owens has turned on you before. All that makes sense. And that's why you can't even really blame Roman in all of this, it actually makes you feel kind of bad for Roman. It makes you feel bad for Jay. It makes you bad, feel bad for Sammy for having to make the decision. It's such a well-done fucking storyline. Really, Kevin Owens is the bad guy here. <laughs> like, honestly, he kind of is. Like, the whole... The, this whole thing doesn't happen if Kevin Owens isn't a piece of shit for the last, like, ten years, off and off. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it is interesting in that light, because I think I even texted you when I, when I heard Roman say... The line about, do you want to go back to doing jackass shit? Because, yeah, sure, that match got a lot of, you know, a lot of people liked it for what it was. But he's not the top, he was not even close to the top of the card. Uh, and he's gone a lot further up the card in the Bloodline stuff than he ever would on his own. So, Reigns had points. Reigns was correct. Now, did he need to bash Owens' fucking brains in with a chair to make that point? No. And that's where Rain steps over the line, and that's where you're kind of like, oh, fuck, okay, like, I can kind of see Sammy not wanting to do that. But you see Sammy actually agreeing with him as Reigns is making his case to him in real time. But, Z like, Sammy Zayn's whole argument is, okay, that's all true, but that doesn't mean I need to fucking kill the guy. So, yeah, it was, it was really well done all around. All right, guys, so that's it. Okay, so we gave, I did a post-show thing with 8-Bit Hobo Farmer on the YouTube channel. Uh, he gave it a B minus overall for the pay per view. I gave it a C plus. What do you yeah, give it? I'm, I'm more in C C plus territory. Um, without that ending angle, just nothing happened. Not it was, really. It was all chalk. It was yeah. all chalk up to that point, right? Obviously, because me and you both got everything right for the most part. Obviously. Okay. Unofficially, we got everything right. So. Okay, Dwayne. Um, 
So like so, if you're if you're if you're in a fucking big pay per view, one of your big four pay per views, and it was that predictable, then something's wrong. But like you said, the ending, the ending segment saved that entire fucking thing. Yeah. Um. Without the ending segment, that would have been maybe one of the flattest. I mean, last year's Royal Rumble was actually really bad too. No, that was just bad. This, yeah. Just because it's chalk doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It's just this, that, yeah, it's, like, this like wasn't said, bad. It just would have been a like a filler. And you can't have filler for one of your big four. That's the problem. Um, Completely agree. Stuff moved along, but not in any way that was particularly interesting and noteworthy. Um, so yeah, without that ending segment, this would have been a really flat pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, I think, I think C-plus is fair. All right, let's move on. I know that was a long one, but let's move on to Jay White. All right, so here's the thing with Jay White, guys, is his contract is coming up with New Japan. It's no secret. Um... There was some talk of him with Sean Ross Sapp where he asked him, like, where's his mindset at right now? Now, obviously, we can't take this uh, at 100 because Jay White is always in character like a MJF. It's always type. working. Always, always working. working, right? But he said, at the moment, 75% WWE, 15% AEW, and then I assume that the rest is back to New Japan, right? So, um, because that's only 90. So 10% New Japan, I guess. Um, GCW boy. Yeah. Um, all right. So the question here is your personal opinion. If you're Jay White, where do you go and why? A lot of people have been making the joke that if he goes to WWE, he's going to get in that big program with the Miz. But it's, it's a, the joke works because it's true. Like it, it works. Same- and let me go ahead and say this. I don't hate the Miz. I don't either. Okay. Yeah, I know you don't either. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to work with the Miz out the gate because he's a very safe worker. He does it the WWE style. He can prop like if he's really into it, he can deliver on promos, right? And really build up the match. The problem with the Miz thing is, is that always happens on a regular show and never on an actual pay-per-view. So it doesn't really catapult you the way that you think. And then of course, after the Miz thing, unless you're Cody, you really just Fumbled, get fumbled around instead of yeah. getting moved up somewhere else. So it's not really a knock on the Miz. It's just the knock on the WWE uh, version of what a new person should be doing when they hire somebody. They always have to come in and fight fight the fucking Miz. It's weird. But and AEW, AEW had a similar pro- problem for a while where they, everybody that would come in, they would throw them in some QT Marshall shit, right? So it's not unique or to WWE. Or Cody, right. So it's not unique to WWE, but it's a unique problem there because then they don't have anything to do after Unless you're in that very, very, very top spot, they usually don't do that much with you. And when you bring in somebody like Jay White, who's a multiple-time IWGP heavyweight champion, you you can't bring him in and put him in like the U.S. title picture. It doesn't work. Um, NXT. There's there's some interesting... <laughs> huh? Put him in NXT. Yeah. That's something He's else they a, do a lot. People that should not be in NXT. Bro, Dragon Lee being in NXT is the funniest shit on earth to me. Let alone Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, some of those people that they brought in and put in NXT... Samoa Joe? fucking hilarious to me. Samoa Joe should not have been in NXT either. Finn Balor. Nah, I, I, I don't have a problem with Finn Balor being in NXT, honestly. I really oh. don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with Finn Balor being in NXT. But Shinsuke, who was uh, in the heavyweight division of New Japan, Samoa Joe, who, had, who was already old... Um, already old? Who's, well, you get what I'm saying. Here's, Too yeah. old for NXT, yes. I, here's a question. I totally here's, will stay behind that. Here's a question. Why did they put Samoa Joe there, but not AJ Styles? That's a great question. And that's why I disagree with them putting Samoa Joe there. <laughs> yeah, it, it never made any sense to me. Um, 
But yeah, dude, I... Um, and I'll say this, even... And I'll say this because it made even less sense because Samoa Joe wrestles more of a WWE style than AJ Styles does. Here's the funniest thing to me, though. Jay White lives in Florida. He's married. He got married, I think, a year or two ago. And word is, he's, he's pretty private about his personal stuff, but his wife will post stuff sometimes. I think she's pregnant, is what I heard. So that's why he, he doesn't want to necessarily keep working overseas. He wants to spend more time at home or whatever. Now, NXT is pretty much entirely done in Florida. I could see him, if he really wanted to, signing a fucking deal with NXT and doing the NXT shit just to live in Florida for the first year or two of his WWE career. Maybe. Now, is that the dumbest shit ever from like a booking standpoint? Absolutely. But if that's what he wants no, it's to a, do. It's a dream come true from a booking standpoint for WWE. Our fucking NXT numbers just went skyrocket. No, that's a great thing for them. Now, dumb for on, it's only it's really only dumb because it's wasting two years of his career. That's what it's and dumb from. It's wasting somebody that would be the top of your fucking company. You're talking like, well, if Jay White comes in and tells promo. you like you're Triple H, right? If he comes in and tells you that's what he wants, you're not going to give it to him so you can have Jay White on your roster. You're going to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's the issue. The issue is you've got somebody that's, that's like literally an LA Knight level promo, if not better. He's at least the same level. But it's like three times the worker that LA Knight is in the ring, too. And you're going to say, well, sure, if you want to go to NXT, we'll do that. But could you please fucking just be our world champion for a while? Jay White is so head and shoulders above, like, pretty much everybody else they have on that entire roster that it would be crazy to me if they brought him in and said, yeah, you want to live in Florida, we'll let you do, we'll let you do NXT for a year or two. That's insane. Though. Okay, so here's the other thing about this is obviously during the pandemic, guess what else was based in Florida? It's AEW. Yeah. All right, so AEW, Daily's Place, that's their main go-to fucking venue whenever they're down there. They're based in there. He owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Florida, dude. Like, it's there too. There's a lot of people in AEW that live in Florida because of that when it started with the pandemic and stuff so they could get to work faster and they love Florida down there and everything else. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that just because he's in Florida, he's going to NXT and AEW is still not an option. Now, here's the thing with that is that the greatest part about this, if I'm Jay White, I'm obviously picking AEW and it's not even necessarily because I like AEW more than WWE. It's because he can still go to New Japan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the a big whole part thing. Of he loves New Japan. He just doesn't want to be there permanently while his wife is pregnant in the States. His, he's married to, I assume she's American, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, All right. I mean, I mean that makes sense because it'd be. Wouldn't it, I feel like what isn't it easier for him to get a visa and stuff if the wife is in a a U.S. citizen? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you so don't like, even need a visa at that yeah. point, as I think outward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So because I know Kenny Omega's been having visa issues recently. So anyway, so Jay White going to AEW makes a lot of sense because Florida, right? AEW is connected to Florida in a big way. And then, of course, he can still work with all his friends in AEW and still work in New Japan. So I feel like, and they have a working relationship already right now, obviously. So just based on personal life things, if I'm Jay White, if literally I'm Jay White, I'm making AEW the decision, and it's really not even that close, honestly. The only way that it would make me really consider changing my mind is if WWE just offered me so much money, like, three times the amount that AEW did. That's the only way I would think about it. Yeah. Um, Booking-wise, you you just know he'll be used better in AEW. 
But if he goes to WWE, he would stand out a lot more too. So there is that. Um, it's a weird dichotomy because he'll stand out more in WWE, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll use him better because that's just how they are. Um, LA Knight is the best promo they probably have in the company right now, but he's losing fucking Mountain Dew pitch black matches. So um, being the best at stuff over there doesn't always translate to being the top of the card. Whereas Jay White is such a valuable commodity in um, wrestling communities that are aware of his work that I don't think you could bring him to AEW and not immediately have him in the title picture. So, All right, so if you're Jay White, what, what are you choosing? I don't know what his priorities are, aside from... If you're Jay White, if just if you're Jay White, it's, your, it's just opinion-based. If you're Jay White, are you choosing WWE or AEW knowing all the information that you currently know? Depends on whether or not WWE would expect me to work houseless. That that'd be the biggest driver to me, and that's that's the same. Like anytime there's a hypothetical about AEW versus WWE, my first thought always goes to the house show circuit. Because if well, I got to understand shows, that AEW is about to start doing live shows, yeah, but it's not going to be nearly as many or as often. They're not doing five fucking live shows a week. Like I understand that. So it's not really. So are comparable. you going? Are if you're JY, are you going to NXT like you just said for a year or two while your kid is being born and growing up, so you don't miss all the shit? Or do you go straight to WWE and grab the cash money? Or do you go to AEW and work way less dates but get to work with all your friends? Uh, I would see if WWE would sign me to the WWE money deal, but one year in NXT and then two on main roster. That's what I would try to argue for. Yeah, he's because he's still young enough that, like, super young. A lot of people don't realize that. He feels like yeah, he's been yeah, around yeah, forever, yeah. but he's young. He's, he's so not. Even if yeah, he did, no, no. I think even if he goes to wrestle, uh, WWE for three years, he still won't be 30, right? No, no, no. He's thirty now, I think. Oh, is he thirty? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he's thirty now. All right. So, okay. So, if he goes to Russ, if he goes to WWE for three years, one in NXT, two for WWE. Yeah, he's born in ninety-two. So yeah, he's thirty. Okay. So if he goes one year in NXT, two in WWE, then gets the fuck out, he can still go to AEW. Yeah, yeah. He's got plenty of time. Um, he could work five years in WWE and come over at thirty-five. So be like totally fine. Yeah, um, I, I I would only sign a three year contract because you don't know what the fuck they're going to do with you, right? And you don't know who's going to own the company. So the other part of that too is like I don't know what. Okay, so a lot of people do have this idea in their head that they want to be in WWE history. They want to do WWE shit. They want to win a Royal Rumble. They want to win the world, like the WWE. Idol, like they want to have because, the intercontinental. Let's be honest, rank. because it's still stuff that you grew up watching, so it's stuff right. you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So I don't know where he is on that, um, but you know that might influence his decision too, because he's got to realize he's always got time to go to AEW. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I could see him going to WWE. I don't know if that seventy-five percent split thing that he's talking about is true. That could be him trying to angle more money out of fucking Tony Khan. Who knows? Um, but you know, I could see him going there. I don't, would I think that it'd be like, do I think that they would present him in the best light compared to an AEW? Probably not, at least not after, not over time. Whereas I could see him consistently being the top of any AEW card. I don't see WWE doing that with him in the same way. But the one interesting thing about him going to WWE is that there is some mixed history there with him and Cody at least. So if you do bring him into WWE, you could have him come in and, and take the title right back off of Cody. 
Yeah, but then your last two champions would be people that you brought in from other organizations. And really, that's a detriment to what you've fucking been doing as a company, honestly, right? Let's be real about it. Like, they're not, no, that's their they problem. Still see, they still see Cody as a WWE guy. I don't care what they see him as. Like, he's literally the AEW character, Cody, though. That's not what he was in WWE. So I don't see him that way. They can see him however they want to see him. But you brought over everything that was literally part of him besides the fucking, the Cody Vader. Other to than me, that, it's everything like, else was the same. No, to me, I, I view it more like McIntyre, right? Like, they had McIntyre early. He wasn't what he became. But they still view McIntyre as not an indie guy. He's not a guy that went in, like, he's still their guy. You know what I mean? Uh, AEW didn't exist when McIntyre went to the Indies. Impact is not. I understand that. I just, it's I'm just, just saying that's opinion. probably how they look at my it. Opinion. I don't, yeah, I understand you're saying that's how they view it, but I, I get it. So, like, if Cody wins it, they're not viewing it as, oh, AEW guy won the yeah, title. I understand right. that. But it is the AEW character that won it. So, to me, that's, it's still the AEW guy. Our, that's our guy who got lost for a few years and came back into the plot. That's yeah. how they look at it. it yeah. That was their excursion. All right, anyway, so, anyway, so... If I'm, pro. Jay White, I think Jay White, I'll answer the question straight up. Jay White, you should go, you should sign AEW. It, you should sign with AEW because you'll get comparable money. You'll get to wrestle on AEW and in New Japan from time to time, especially on the bigger shows and stuff like Wrestle Kingdom, maybe even G1s if you still wanted to, and obviously Forbidden Door. And you still get the downtime with a lot less actual day-to-day wrestling than you would in WWE. Even NXT travels, right? So... Like, you still would put a lot less wear and tear on your body. You're still young enough to, like, recoup. And now you can even recoup even faster. Like, I just think it all signs point to AEW, if I'm making that decision, with the child on the way, the wife being in the U.S., all that stuff. Um, obviously, all that stuff would have to be in the contract. Speaking with of the Khan. child being on the way thing, I'm not 100% sure on that. It's just... I- I read no, I think you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. Family or if it's, so if, she had, if it hasn't sure. been born already, I'm pretty sure she's pregnant. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure you're accurate on that. But anyway, if I'm Jay White, I'm signing AEW as soon as possible. As soon as I make me the offer. If it's, you know, comparable. And you know he's got friends that work there too, which is probably a big part of it. Like, you don't want to be around a bunch of strangers. You don't want to be um, booked by somebody that you don't know and don't really trust or Not whatever. That, it's like, you um, know, like... When you go to WWE and you, if you don't know a lot of people, and I'm sure you know some people, like you said, Cody and stuff like that, but it's yeah. not like, they're not like best friends, right? So like, right. those guys can look out for you. Whereas you have no one watching your back in WWE and they could be talking behind your back and you could be getting held down without even knowing it. Knowing it. So yeah, that sucks. Um, but yeah, I'm signing with AEW if I'm Jay White. Let's move on to the next topic here. All right. So this is the Ric Flair Takeshita situation. Um, Ric Flair said on his podcast, I was going to grab the video, honestly, but I just didn't have a lot of time because I did the post show and all this stuff, right? Um, so Ric Flair was talking mad shit about Takeshita's chops against, uh, Brian Danielson on Dynamite, okay? Um, I believe the exact words he used were they were pathetic. Um, okay, so Takeshita comes out with a very nice tweet. He retweets. The clip and he apologizes to rick flair and said that he will he will work on his chops and that he appreciates the criticism or whatever from the legendary rick flair the question on the show here is did rick flair go too far was it unwarranted or do you think this is something that takeshita needed to hear or like is an actual problem with takeshita in the grand scheme of things like in the grand scheme obviously a chop doesn't really matter but do you think this is something that he should or needs to work on, or do you think Ric Flair is just fucking picking on somebody just to pick on him? 
I went back and watched the clip of the chops he's talking about. They were loud as fuck. I don't know what Ric Flair is talking about. I, 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 I literally do not understand what Ric Flair is talking about. I don't know if he's going deaf in his old age or if he just can't fucking see or, or what the deal was there. But I watched it. Those chops were loud as fuck. They were stiff. They left ch uh, Danielson's chest all red like they always do every time anybody chops him. I don't know what more he wanted. I don't know if maybe it was because Danielson, when he sells chops from the like a kneeling or a sitting position, a lot of times he's like brace, bracing himself with the shoulders super hard so he doesn't like get rocked back and sell them a lot. I don't know if maybe that's what Flair was looking at and thought, you know, maybe it wasn't hard or whatever, but no, I watch that shit. They were perfectly fine chops. Like, and Ric Flair, how do I word this delicately? <laughs> Ric Flair's chops, I know that he's known for them with the woo shit and all that, but there's people that have done that a million times better than him. You look at a guy like uh, Gunther or some of the other people that are like kind of known for their striking or chops or whatever the fuck, they blow him out of the water. And Takeshita is not somebody that's like, building his whole repertoire around one move. So even if they weren't, like, as good as Ric Flair Chops, which, by the way, they were totally fucking fine and just as good, at least he can do, like, 50 other things which your old ass never could. You flipping over the turnbuckle is not a move, okay? You going like this in the corner and then low-blowing somebody or whatever the fuck is not a move. Like, this is just not a... It's not a criticism I would care about. Takeshi was very uh, polite, and um, very politically correct about all of it, and very um, kind in a way that Ric Flair does not deserve. Uh, this criticism was completely unwarranted. I wish we had the clip, because it's, it's so out of fucking left field. Um, I do not know what he was watching. I, yeah, I, really I, I literally don't. was going to grab the clip, honestly, and I just I didn't have enough time. But um, the, the response from Takesha is very surprising to me. Like... Couldn't be me. Could not be me, right? Now, I will agree with you that Gunther or Walter, whatever you want to call him, his chops are, he's on the Mount Rushmore chopping, right? But I'm not going to sit here and say that Ric Flair's not. But Gunther's, I do like Gunther's chops better than Ric Flair's as well. I understand what you're saying, that Ric Flair at the time of Ric Flair wrestling in his prime, he had the best chops, right? But there's other people that have come around and done, done his shit better. But you can say that about a lot of moves. There's a lot of people that come in and do a move better than a legendary person that that's what they were known for, right? Bro, Bob Aubrey Holly says, had better chops than Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, Bob Holly was trying to hurt fucking people. He's a douchebag. So I'm not going to give that to him. That's just because you're out there trying to hurt somebody. Ric Flair wasn't out there trying to hurt somebody. I feel like everybody is when they do chops, though. Nah, I don't you're, think not, so. you're not pulling a chop. I don't think so, though. Okay. I don't think so. I, I'm, not giving Bob, I'm not giving Bob Holly credit, dude. He was a bully. He was an asshole. He was, he was, I mean, I get what you're saying. They sounded better. They looked better. But he was doing that shit on purpose to, like, that's not the same. Like, working someone and still having good chops. Well, that's is, what Flair was, what, apparently, right? Oh, by the way, speaking of Walter, we didn't even get to talk about this. Because, obviously, you saw the men's Royal Rumble. When Walter fucking chopped Lesnar and he was not ready for that shit? <laughs> did you notice that? Because, okay, so, Walter asks him. He's like, you sure? You sure? And then Lesnar's just staring there. And they're staring, and the countdown goes off. And right before it gets to one and before they cut... Walter chops the shit out of Lesnar, and Lesnar looks legit pissed like when Braun hit him with the <laughs> knee, right? I was like, oh my god, put the camera back on that shit. I want to see what Lesnar does. Because yeah. I didn't know if Lesnar was going to be like, oh, I'm about to fuck you up type deal or what. But that shit was great, dude. 
Because Walter was like, dude, if you want it, I'll fucking do it. But like, Le- Lesnar wasn't making a move and he was just staring at each other. And then Walter was like, well, fuck this. We're standing. It feels like they were standing here for like fucking 45 seconds. They missed not doing anything. They missed, they and then he just it. said, fuck it. I'm chopping you then. <laughs> and that yeah. reaction from Lesnar, like his face, I don't know if people caught it or not, but he was not thrilled about getting hit in the fucking throat neck area with a fucking Walter chop. That so they missed, they, they definitely missed time that what happened was they were supposed to have that face off, like right as the countdown ended. And then you see that it's Lashley coming out and then they like split or whatever, but they started it way too fucking early. Um, so then it just felt like it was taking forever and you can kind of see them both like working through it. Like, fuck, like Walter's like, my character wouldn't just stand here so fucking long doing nothing. I got to do something. Are you sure? Can I do something? Can I do something? <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. Yeah, but yeah, but dude. He... For real. For real. If I'm Takeshi, though, couldn't be me. You're a better person than I am, Takeshi, because there's no way I'd apologize. There's no way I'd, like, especially like Ryan was saying, your chops were fine, dude. Like, it doesn't make any sense to go apologize for something that you were doing just fine. It doesn't make any sense. If, I, if you're making marks on somebody's body, regardless if it's uh, Brian Danielson or Seamus, where they always get marked up, regardless of, you could go like this and fucking, uh, they get a they got a mark on their fucking chest. Irrelevant. If you're making a mark on them, like there's nothing for you to apologize about. So I agree with you that Ric Flair has also has a problem with his podcast where he has a revisionist history like a Hogan. Like mm. so he's just he's just making up shit as he goes along because he's so old that he doesn't remember and he's been through so much shit. You're not gonna sit there and tell me that Takesh's chops were pathetic. That's that's not a word we're using for Takesh's chops. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. So I agree with you. Uh Ric Flair has really no hill to die on here it doesn't make any sense and you like you said at left field you really went out of your way to talk shit about somebody that everybody loves like that makes you look like an even bigger dumbass like a douchebag yeah and the thing is too you're like oh i, I probably wouldn't have apologized if i was to catch or whatever we actually talked a little bit about what i'm going to talk about in relation to that i think last week or the week before where we were talking about the mjf promo right and the mjf promo where he like said all the shit and to was like oh no it's fine like you could do that whatever there is an element of, like, I'm somebody that's coming into a foreign company with, like, not much clout outside of my talent. And if somebody that I perceive as higher than me in status or higher than me in clout is, like, giving me some sort of public critique or criticism or wants me to do something or whatever, you, you kind of feel pressured to acquiesce to that in a way that you wouldn't if you had the same level of clout. Um, okay, so, so I agree with that in this standpoint because remember I was against that. I was like, dude, no. If I, I said if Takesha had no issue with it, then it's fine. But then you were bringing up, well, maybe he had to have no issue with it, right? That's what you were saying. And or just felt saying. like felt like a like a pressure to have. Yeah, no issue. but here's the thing: in this instance, Ric Flair is a legendary wrestler and elder to Takesha. So in this instance, I actually understand Takesha's uh, point even more. Because that's just how Japanese people are, where the the elders are the people that you respect and honor constantly. So I actually understand it more in this point of what he said than I do the MJF thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because that's just how um, they're raised. It is. Yeah, I, no, they're no, literally, no. Japanese people are all about honor to the elders. Well, culturally, yes, but you can't say that about individuals. Like, it's just like culturally in America, some things are true, but it doesn't mean individual people ought to adhere to that that cultural norm. I mean, clearly um, he is, though. Clearly he is like that. That could be the reason for it, or it could just be, like I said, like he feels like he needs to because of the industry that he's in. Flair's no. um, nobody in AEW, so... People in the industry broadly look at him in a positive light, though, so if you, say, if you come out and say something negative about it, then 
that's an issue too. I don't think anybody right now in 2023, if you say something negative about Ric Flair, is going to come to Ric Flair's defense. Yes, but Takesha doesn't necessarily understand that part of it either, if that makes sense. I'm on Takesha's side I am 100% too. and against Ric Flair, but I'm not on Takesha's side for saying I'm sorry and doing the. I, that could not be me. I, I couldn't be further from that personality. I promise you. Like, it's going to be a confrontational thing. Next time I see you, you better hope you don't have... I, lo- I feel like I just would have been like, hey, thanks for the advice. Do you have any advice for uh, taking plane trips? Hey, fucking, uh, <laughs> like, no joke, like, I probably would have said something like, I probably would have tweeted back and like, next time I see you at a convention, I'll show you how good my chops are. Like, I'm going to chop the fuck out of you as soon as I walk up to you. <laughs> What was that? We used to do the shit with uh, Shane and Ethan all the time. Open chest. You got the open chest. You just slap the fuck out yeah. of him. Like, no, that's what I would do to Ric Flair. <laughs> Boom! Right on the fucking chest. Fuck you, dude. Like, how how did that feel, up, bitch? Keep the hands up. <laughs> all right, let's. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go. Let's move on to the next topic here. All right, so there's been a lot of debate recently because we're on the final road to Muda. I think he has one more match with Naito, I believe. If that hasn't happened already, it's got to. I think it's happening soon. Is that Battle of the Valley or no, or somewhere else? I'd have to look it up. I think it's somewhere else. I think I want to say it's in the Tokyo Dome actually, but um, Muda's going to fight Naito. Um, all right, so the the question is: Should Muda twenty first? Should Muda be in the WWE Hall of Fame? That is. The thing going around right now and i'm just going to go ahead and say that obviously i will take this one first and yes muda should be in the wwe hall of fame all right and it's really not even that close honestly right so if you transcend wwe as a whole away from wwe like transcend wrestling i should say not necessarily WWE because they never had a match in wwe but if you transcend wrestling in the way that muda did so, like, Liger had one match, right? And Liger got into the... One, one match in NXT and got into the Hall of Fame, right? I don't think Liger needed that match to get in the Hall of Fame. I think Liger is another person that could have got into the Hall of Fame, right? Um, Midnight Express, I believe, deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Express got in there, and yes, they did have a couple matches, but it was under the NWA banner when they were doing the NWA invasion bullshit or whatever. So, Rock and Roll Express got in. But Wahoo McDaniel, Nikita Koloff, Midnight Express, uh, these guys should be in WWE because of their contributions to wrestling. And honestly, there is a precedent set because Abdullah the Butcher, who was inducted in 2011, never wrestled for WWE. He got in. So why wouldn't Muda get in? You get what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason for Muda to not be in the WWE Hall of Fame. So using the argument that he's never had a WWE match is irrelevant when the precedent has been set that you induct people that have never had WWE matches. Just yeah. his impact on the industry as a whole by itself should warrant him getting into every wrestling hall of fame there is. I mean, there, there's already precedent for it anyway. Like, um, I know, Arlen I said that. Hall of Abdullah fame. the Butcher, 2011, never had a match in WWE. You're not going to tell mean, me that Muda is a better, not a better wrestler than Abdullah the Butcher. And fucking Stevie Ray is in the Hall of Fame for with Harlem Heat, and he never wrestled a, a single WWE match either. So yeah, this isn't Rick Steiner. Is, I don't think that's ever been a point of contention as whether or not he should be in there because he wrestled there. That's whatever. Um, and yeah, his impact obviously is a lot bigger than a lot of people. Um, I think Bruiser Brody's in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? I believe so, but I don't know if he was actually like one of the. 
I don't know if he was a legacy inductee or an actual inductee, though. I'm not positive. Yeah. I don't remember either. But legacy I mean, inductees there's... are clearly not people that were in WWE because it was like preceded WWE, right? Like Luthez and Gotch and shit like that. The legacy ones are like the really old wrestlers. Where did recall match WWE? Um, if I recall, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm gonna look it up. But um, yeah, man, I I don't think anybody is. Is anybody arguing that he shouldn't? I haven't seen. Yes, that. there is. There's people that say he shouldn't be in the WWE Hall of Fame because he never had a WWE match. Well, we that's know that's literally why the question exists on the show. Okay, but then we just say, okay, there's other people in there who are also in there who have never had a match in the fucking WWE. Who cares? Next. Like, that's that's literally not an argument. Okay, why is Stevie Ray there? Conversation over. Like, there, there's, not, there's not a good argument against it. I don't think there's a good argument against it, and I also don't even think there's a good argument for the people that they do induct that's WWE wrestlers like Godfather. Like I've been very strongly opinion on opinionated on this on the show. Godfather had the inter, or the European or the Intercontinental title for like a week, two weeks. That's, that's fucking that's Godfather slander from the biggest Papa Shango fan. I am a huge Papa Shango fan. <laughs> huge Papa Shango fan. Hate the Godfather. Can't stand the Godfather. Mm. Doesn't warrant to be in the fucking Hall of Fame as the Godfather. He had more memorable memorable angles doing nothing as Papa Shango than he had his fucking Godfather. So if we're going to base this off of fucking accomplishments in WWE, like that's not even a thing. Like he should not be in there because you held the Intercontinental title for two weeks. Sorry. Are you not? Are you not just considering it? Okay. So when they inducted the Godfather to me, that's not. I'm inducting you for only the work you ever did as the Godfather. To me, that's. This was your most. This is your most known gimmick, so that's what you're going to go in as because that's what people remember the most. But it is for your whole career. I, I can't even sit here and say it was his most known gimmick. Papa Shango no, had a fucking, fucking lasting legacy Shango, on, even if it was terrible, no, it was lasting. I can't Papa name Shango. fucking one Godfather angle. Not one. The one, the one with Val Venus, bro. What? What? What do you mean, what? What with Val Venus? What happened with him and Val Venus that you remember? The angle. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. What? Oh. What angle? Uh, I don't remember. I know they had a... Yeah, exactly. You don't remember. That's my point. I can name three fucking Papashango angles right now off the top of my head that I remember. You can name You can name the stupid one because he threw up yellow balls. That's what you remember. That's Ultimate Warrior. That ain't got nothing to do with Papashango. Papashango put the, 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 the spell the on, on him or whatever. So yeah, it does have something to do with it, first of all. No, it doesn't. It's still an angle. It involves Papa Shango. You got that. You got the fucking. You got the blood running from Ultimate Warrior's head. You've got the fucking shit with Undertaker when he was fucking going with Undertaker. You got the shit with the end of WrestleMania Seven, I believe, when he came out to help out Sid, and then Ultimate Warrior came back to save him. You've got the guy, the fucking enhancement talent that he set on fucking fire. Like, there's more shit memorable fucking with Papa Shango than there is fucking goddamn Godfather. Godfather right should not be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And when and I to your point, if that was the what right they did, angle. if that's what they did in the WWE Hall of Fame was show him as Kama and Papa Shango and Godfather, then yes, I would 100% agree with you, but they didn't. They only showed Godfather clips. It was stupid as fuck. They didn't even acknowledge that he was the other fucking characters. So no, Godfather should not be in the WWE Hall of Famer. For a WWE Hall of Fame for having the fucking Intercontinental title for two weeks. Sorry, not sorry. I will not ever fucking agree with that. So you didn't like the right to censor angle or any of that stuff? I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. The Good Father was what? not in the fucking packages. The Good Father is a different character than the Godfather. Okay. That's not serious. That's me making fun of you. I understand that. Um, 
Okay. So <laughs> you want them to say, I want this induction is for Kama, Papa Shango, the Godfather, and the Good Father. Is that what you wanted? Yes. That's so stupid, dude. Because the Godfather it, doesn't warrant being in there. I mean, it's implied. Just put him in there under, under his real name, then. That's what you should do. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's 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 probably fair if they've had multiple gimmicks that everybody knows. Um, like, you wouldn't do it for The Undertaker because he's only ever been The Undertaker, right? But do you do it for Kane since he's been Kane and Isaac Yankum? No, because that's not, dude, come on. Come on, dude. <laughs> can't name one Isaac Yankum fucking thing. I can name his vignettes. I can name his vignettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that vignettes don't get you in the Hall of Fame unless you're fucking Godfather, apparently. When Bray Wyatt goes into the Hall of Fame, do they have to induct the Fiend separately? What did you guys think of that insane DDT Pro Wrestling main event last night? Chop Fest and a half. The Tokyo Joshi semis of their tag tournament was last night as well. How hyped are you guys for Beyond Wrestling's stacked show here shortly this afternoon? Okay, so let's be real. All right, so last night one, was Royal Rumble. one, we were watching Royal Rumble, right? Because yeah, we knew that was, was the big event. Two, I was up all fucking day for my Royal Rumble show, right? So I had to do my prediction show on with Ryan. Then we had to watch the show. I had friends over watching the show. We did the Royal Rumble stuff. I won this sweet... WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge thing from the Royal Rumble thing. I was up till like 2 a.m. doing the post show with 8-Bit Hobo Farmer, okay? Um, so I haven't watched any DDT Pro. I went to sleep right after I posted the video of the review, or yeah, the review of the Royal Rumble. And then when I got up this morning, I had to hurry up and put the show together so that we could record this. Also... I also have my Bengals are in the fucking AFC Championship game today at 6 p.m. So I've got to go to sleep after this, wake up so I can watch it before I have to go into work tonight. So I haven't watched yet DDT Pro or uh, planning on watching Beyond Wrestling yet. But if you want, you can tell us what happened. I'm not going to be mad about it. Like what was, um, what, what, what happened in, what happened in the DDT Pro, like, what was the match or whatever? What was the chop fest? Because I would love to know, because we were just having a conversation about the chops with Takeshita and Ric Flair and just burying Ric Flair over here on, on his comments on Takeshita's chops. But I 100% believe that Great Muda should be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I don't even think it should even be a discussion, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody's arguing about that. As far as the Beyond Show, I know um, Leo, Leo Rush has a match there. Uh, Willow's supposed to be wrestling there. Um... I think Wheeler Yuta has a match there too. The chests were destroyed. Like hamburger meat, like Taz always says. Uh, pretty great main event. DDT is always consistent. I'm surprised DDT Pro hasn't taken a big hit after their ace is now in AEW. <laughs> right? Maybe they like, have. Usually, if your yeah. ace leaves, like, we didn't watch that's it, a pretty so big hit. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Uh, um, All right, we can move on. We're going to move on. You, Muda's in, right? Muda's, Muda's in. in. Nobody's arguing this, except for the people that don't understand that there's a lot of people in there who have never wrestled a WWE match. Like they've never seen a WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony, right? Right. All right. All right, next up, we've got the mini pay-per-view coming up sun, or coming up Wednesday on Dynamite. We just had one a couple of weeks ago, right? Then this past week, it was all about Jay Briscoe with the Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal main event. Um. 
But this week is another mini pay-per-view. So you had mini pay-per-view, the Jay Briscoe uh, tribute show, sort of, right? As much as they could do in that short amount of time. And then, appreciate the follow, Necro Eric. And then, of course, this week, another mini pay-per-view. Right? Look at these matches, guys. Hangman Adam Page versus Moxley, number three. Now, keep in mind, they're going to be in Dayton, Ohio, right? So this is uh, Moxley's backyard. Darby versus Samoa Joe in a rematch. I'm hoping Joe takes the title back. I'll go ahead and say that. Takeshita, who we were just talking about, is going to have to try to figure out a way to get some nice chops in on Brian Cage. Uh, the Acclaimed are going to be in tag team action. Jade Cargill is going for number win number 50 against the first person that she beat in Red Velvet. And Brian Danielson has to go against Timothy Thatcher. And if he wins this, I believe this is the last one he has to do, right? Is this the last one he has to do before he fights MJF? Or does he have to do another one after this? I don't know. I don't. Th- I can't I don't remember. I thought it was really... February eighth, right? Yeah, there might be one more week. So it might be one more. Um, but yeah. So this is a fucking stacked show for Dynamite. What do you think? Like, what are you most looking forward to? And uh, do you think there's going to be any surprises on the show? Like, what they do you think? I personally think Samoa Joe's winning the title back. The King of Television gimmick is so good. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like they wanted to give Darby the hometown win and all that stuff, but. I don't see I don't see Darby going over Samoa Joe twice. That's crazy to me. And also, it kind of buries your your Ring of Honor champion if you do that. So you don't really want to do that. Um, you can have a back and forth, and it'd be fine. Um, I think the Hangman and Moxley thing is interesting since they're one and one. Um, not sure how that booking goes. It's actually pretty unpredictable as far as who they have go over there. Everything else is kind of predictable. I mean, obviously Danielson's going to win. Uh, Cargill's going to win. You didn't win. know that CM Punk's going to come in and give the GTS to both Paige and Moxley? You didn't know that was going to happen? <laughs> Pepsi Man needs to stay the fuck away, like <laughs> Seth Rollins said. Don't start your shit. With uh, Seth R- don't start that Seth Rollins bullshit again. Yeah, so Seth Rollins was 100% All right, correct. so do you, like, if you were Tony Khan, you're giving the title back to Joe, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you don't, for sure. Okay. You, don't, you don't keep this on Darby when... I agree with you that I don't have any idea what the fuck they're doing with Paige and Moxley, so that's... That's going to be awesome to see just because you don't know the outcome, what it's going to be. Hopefully it's a, yeah. a legit finish, though. Um, I guess Moxley's vacation is finally over that he finally got to take. Um, all right, so Takeshita and Brian Cage, the two previous losers to Danielson, are going to go yeah. against each other. So that match is just going to be good just because it's existing, right? So like, there's no buildup for that match, but it's just going to be awesome to see. Uh, Takeshita's so just... winning that, 100%. I, I feel like he has to as well. Um, he's got to get some wins. This was my big knock on him at the Monster Awards when you had him as Breakout Star of the Year or whatever it was, and I said I didn't give it to him. And the reason I didn't give it to him is because he wasn't winning, it, even in even like just dynamite matches against people, even like Brian Cage, he wasn't even winning those matches. So uh, this this hopefully this is the start of because we're still early. This is still January, right? The end of January. He's still got eleven months left. He could be the biggest star in AEW by the end of this year. Let's be real. Hell, they could be setting up for Takeshita versus MJF. You never know. (laughs) That could have been the start of it, honestly, with how AEW works. That could be the end. That could be the person that MJF loses the title to. You fucking never know. Um, But Takeshita versus Brian Cage, I think, is going to be really good. Um, Takeshita or Brian Cage versus Willie Mack was also really good. Obviously, if you are familiar with PWG at all, you've seen that match before. Lucha Underground, you've seen that match before. They always deliver. It's kind of like the indie version of Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, um, two big dudes that should not be doing the shit that they're doing. Um, 
Okay, so we think Takesha, we think Joe, we don't know Adam Page and Moxley. What do you think? We obviously know Danielson's beating Thatcher, but how much offense do you think they give Thatcher? Um, and how much do you think they give that time frame for that type of that style of match? Because obviously it's going to be a lot of submission stuff. It'll probably be like 14, 16. Um, and they probably give him a decent amount of offense. Otherwise, why make it seem like a big deal that he's coming in at all? Um, Especially as one of the later entrants as well. I'll be honest with you, though. When they started, when he started talking, when MJS started talking about who he was bringing in for, I thought for sure it was about to be fucking Zack Sabre Jr. And then when it wasn't, I was like, fuck, okay, fine. This is fine. But I was, I was a yeah, little bit let the, the problem with um, it not being Zack Sabre Jr. is now it doesn't make any sense to bring Zack Sabre Jr. in next week either if he does have another opponent because he just went against that same type of style. Right. And but let's be real, Timothy be... Thatcher hits harder than Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, but Zack Sabre Jr. is more bendy man and more submission. All right, anyway, so um, the acclaimed will be in tag team action. They're going to win. Um, yeah. If it's for the titles, if they if it's not for the titles, I could see a, a scenario where the Gun Club cost them the match in a surprise victory. Or yeah, loss, rather, like I an say. eliminator match or some shit. I don't yeah. know if it's an eliminator match. That's the thing. But I feel like it has to be right. If the champions are involved in in a match, it's ob- automatically an eliminator match in AEW, really. But then yeah. the other one is: Do you think this? Do you think Red Velvet is the one to take it yeah. off of Jade, or do you think Jade wins? Fuck no, they're waiting for Chris to come back. See, I think they're waiting for Statlander to come back, too. I've been saying this, but I'm very nervous for Statlander. That's two of the same injury in a row. Yeah, but like, different legs. Yeah, I understand that. That's not a good thing. Well, yeah, it is. It means that they both wore out at the same time. It's like uh She could be like the female get... Chris Saban out here, dude. Like, you can't just keep fucking tearing this shit over and over, dude. Like, it's not, that's not how it works. Like, she's gonna have, they're going to have to listen, fucking catapult her ASAP. Repaired ligaments are usually better after the surgery than they ever were before. Like, even before you started putting wear on them. So The bad part is, Tatlander didn't even like wearing the brace before. Now she got to wear two of them like fucking Austin. Stone cold. Stone cold. So, yeah, just, I, just I do believe bit. that if Statlander comes back, right? If Stat comes back, she's got to win it at Revolution. It has to be yeah. ASAP. Like, before... Unless, we can't risk her getting hurt again. So... Next is her elbow. Um, what would really suck if she wins at Revolution, gets hurt in the match, a la CM Punk, or like a lot of other people that you see... But just that's the obviously the one that everybody remembers because it happened to him twice. Um, wins the wins the title, gets hurt, and then Jade wins it back. But then she already doesn't. You could have kept the undefeated thing going. So that's gonna that's gonna suck. Although we do. Well, both no, because you could just sell that as like, yeah, I lost, but I beat you so bad that you still had to give up the belt afterward. We both I agree that, that hard it's this does need to the Jade Cargill thing does need to end as far as the winning streak because eventually you're gonna get to the point like you did with Goldberg and WCW where like. It's just going to be a flat finish because there's nothing else you can do with it. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Red, if Red Velvet comes out with a taser, bro. It won't be Red Velvet. It'll be <laughs> Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan will hit her with a taser. Red Velvet's oh, in the Kevin shit. Nash position. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> That's funny. Ho- Ho- Kira Hogan would be in the Scott Hall position. She would have the, the cattle prod. The cattle prod. <laughs> um, that shit would be good as fuck. Fucking God, hilarious. Good boy booking so bad. Um, we should we should watch back through that stuff at some point. Oh no, we I plan on it. Like this this whole new YouTube channel that we have is I'm gonna have so much shit on it, dude. It's gonna be awesome. I don't know how much time I have for that. I gotta catch up with DDT. You? Apparently. I don't have any fucking time. Actually, I yeah, will be I off next Sunday though if the Bengals win today because I will be calling out. I'm just letting you know right now. Um, okay, or not next so... Sunday, but two Sundays because they got the Pro Bowl in between. Go Bengals! But yeah, overall, what's your one to ten? How excited are you for the show? 
I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Page and Moxley match just because I don't know the outcome. Obviously, I'm sure the rest of them are all going to be really good matches. But I don't, I don't know. Like a, on a scale of five, probably three and a half. Like it's a do good. Do we not it's think that this? Part. Do we not think that this show in a vacuum? Like, we've already proven that it's less predictable than the fucking Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Yeah, because I guess all five of those right. Yeah, you're right. 5-0, 4-1, should have been 5-0. This, we already just said, two matches. We don't even know who's going to win. Um, well, kind of. One match, we don't know who's going to win. One match, we think somebody should definitely win and think that makes the most sense. But they could still have Darby win. I don't think it's a good idea, but they could. Just... Yeah. All right, but like on a on the one to ten scale, you're excited. How what, what did you say? Well, on a one to ten, it'd be a seven. Okay. Three point five times two. So I'm at an eight. I'm personally at an eight. I think but, it's uh, a great card, but that's a fucking you know. yeah. Eight, seven, and eight for a fucking random Wednesday dynamite. Not even close yeah. to Revolution yet. Too many pay per views in three weeks. It's pretty good. I love Royal Rumble, but like they've been so bad the last few years. Like the the Rumble matches themselves. It's just. Not enough surprises. A bunch of people nobody gives a fuck about coming in, wasting spots. Like, look, I love uh, I love Dawkins as like a tag team wrestler and everything, but should he have a Rumble spot? Probably not. I agree. So when we were doing the Royal Rumble game, and for those that you, for those of you that don't know, the Royal Rumble game, you take thirty numbers, you put them in a hat. Everybody that's playing, you keep going around until all the numbers are picked. When they come out, that's who you have, and you have to go for them, and then you get a prize if you win. This one, I won this prize. Because I picked Rhea Ripley, I picked number one out of the hat. Um, my friend got a Johnny Gargano autograph picture because he won the uh, Men's Royal Rumble. Um, but when they're coming out, and you get an Otis or a Chad Gable or a Montez Ford or Angelo Dawkins, it crushes you because it's like you know that this fucking person's not going to win. I'd much ra- even even if it was a singles wrestler like the Miz, yeah. I'd much prefer it be the Miz because there's at least literally a half a percent chance that he wins the Rumble when there's a zero percent chance that half of a fucking tag team member is going to win the Royal Rumble. Tag team should not be allowed in the Royal Rumble. I can't stand that unless shit. It's Jay, unless it's Jay Uso. Then he can win. Um, here's, or any, any of the members that, I, I was fucking waiting for Big E's music to hit on the third new day. I thought there was a there was a chance that when the first two were them two and I was like, oh, they're setting up for Big E. That would be, yeah, people would lose their shit. Cool. But I honestly don't know how far away he is, honestly. Uh, yeah, I think I even texted you. He was like, I don't know how recovered he is or whatever, but surely he could do, like, rumble spots, right? But who knows? Um, yeah, I I feel like the whole appeal of the rumble, like, 10 years ago, was that it was you would get shit like Mr. Perfect just randomly showing up. Like, you don't really get that anymore. It's all dudes who are no, on the roster. Like, that was one of the biggest knocks on Royal Rumble matches this year, lack of surprises. You had Booker T, who I said... That was one of the things I got right, by the way, because in the pre-show, he had his hair down, and he never has his hair down. I said, why is his hair down? I said, that motherfucker's going to be in the Rumble, because he's from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And he has his hair down, and usually on the pre-show panel, he has it up in a big-ass bun. The bun thing. Yeah, yeah. that is, like, super, like, fucking put, well put together so it doesn't get fucked up. Like, he's not taking a bump on that, because that's going to fuck his neck up, right? So I was like, his hair is down. I was like, that motherfucker's going to be in the Rumble. And then it ended up being he was the only surprise entrant in the men's Rumble. And in the women's Rumble, you had Michelle McCool, who was sitting at ringside, 
and then you had Nia Jax at 30, and that was your two surprises. You didn't have well, your Mickey James or your Victorias Green, or your kind of. Tori Wilson or your Kelly Kellys, you know, shit like that. So that was okay. That took hold away on. from hold that on, took away on, from on. both Rumbles too. Piper Niven. That was kind of a surprise. And then Chelsea I, Green. Not really. I'm not well. Chelsea Green, but then Chelsea Green got eliminated right away. So yeah, that was stupid too. But no, the reports were Chelsea Green was going to be there anyway. So I'm not worried about that. I didn't know she was going to debut at Royal Rumble. I kind of had a feeling because she still hadn't debuted yet, and it had been forever since those reports came out that said she signed. So I had a feeling. But yeah, I mean, I guess technically that's a surprise, but she's under contract, so I'm not counting that. I'm counting Nia Jax, who had been away for a long time, and said she was retired, and I'm counting Michelle McCool, who clearly isn't under WWE contract. So that's why I counted those two. But yeah, like the lack of surprises, I think, really took away from both Rumbles as well. And it has for the last several years. Um, it's just not the same event anymore that it used to be. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's when people leave now, they're just uh, they're signing with other companies and they don't want to bring people in from other companies anymore or, or what that is. Event? Okay, so the, the last good men's one to me was Drew McIntyre winning. Yeah, so that would have been... When he's knocked out Lesnar, that was a great... And then the last good one before that was Shinsuke. Right? I know, that's but then you fucked up was, Shinsuke, so... That's 2020. Yeah, it was 2020 because it was it happened and then the pandemic happened. And he had to wrestle in front of nobody for WrestleMania. Yeah, Tampa I watched State. it from a I watched it from a fucking hotel room. Actually, um, <laughs> but uh, so Drew and that's the one when Edge came back and Lesnar was fucking up the first half of the field. It was all Lesnar and everybody was booing because they thought Lesnar was just going to go through everybody, which would have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. Ricochet hits him in the balls. Claymore kick over. That's also the stare down with Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar, which was a great moment. And he was like, that's a big motherfucker right there. That's a big fucking boy. Um, so that that had moments, and it had huge reactions. So that was the last really good rumble to me. Every rumble since the Drew McIntyre win have been... Flat. Yeah, not good. So I'm hoping they get back to that, honestly. And I think a part of that is definitely lack of surprises and big moments and stuff. Now, I will say the Logan Paul Ricochet moment was fucking awesome. And they are going to play that moment in Royal Rumble video packages for the foreseeable future because it was fucking crazy. But I can't say that the Rumble match was good because Gunther lasted a really long time but got thrown out and because Logan Paul and Ricochet air collided. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever happened to Rey Mysterio? Okay, don't get me started on this shit. That's another nitpick of mine. We were talking about the Corey Graves shit earlier, right? About how we get super fucking annoyed when guys are saving other people in the Royal Rumble instead of just helping them throw out the fucking person that's almost out. Mm-hmm. The other thing that really annoys me is you fucking have no, no explanation throughout the entire fucking night when the Men's Royal Rumble was first about what the fuck happened to Rey Mysterio. None. You're telling me Rey Mysterio came to the fucking event with one mask? Come on, man. He wears fucking three masks to the goddamn ring every fucking time. They sell them at the merch stand. Just go buy one. <laughs> Dude, like, what the fuck? It made zero sense. When he came out and ripped the mask, kind of, because he couldn't do kind it. Kind of. Yeah. This he is, couldn't this do is it. why we cut notches and shirts, boys and girls. Fucking threw the mask down, and I'm oh, supposed fuck. to just believe that Rey Mysterio has no other masks on him, and he was going to just risk coming to this fucking venue, and no one's stealing a bag or some shit, and then he has to go out there with no... You got way more than one mask. We're not stupid, right? You're so literally we, we like the man face. of a million goddamn masks. Mil Mascaris number two out here. We've seen his face before yeah i understand that but that's not the point the point is he has more than one mask irrelevant he has more than one mask you you didn't yeah 
you claim to have gotten beat up. You think you got beat up long enough to not fucking come out that entire time? Because Dominic was one of, like, the last five in there or whatever. He was in there forever. You're telling me Rey Mysterio, a legendary luchador, couldn't recover in time. The beating was so bad that he couldn't come out there and beat up Dominic and well, set up the goddamn WrestleMania match. No, they into a local medical facility. Dude, for don't start your shit. Don't start your shit. That should have been an easy setup for that fucking match. Easy setup. All right, it's starting to storm here big time because we got a big storm coming today. So I'm going to go ahead and move to the monster quiz so we can end the show. But yeah, that's another didn't pick of mine. Rey Mysterio, just like Curtis Axel, still in the Royal Rumble um, in the match. Um, let's do a monster quiz. Are you ready for this? This is You got it wrong last week. I got another no. Royal Rumble. No. Yes, you did. No. I'm up one nothing on number this. Number one and number two are the same fucking thing. I'm up number one on this. I'm up one nothing. We're going to do Monster Quiz. It's going to be another Royal Rumble one, but this one's going to be a little bit interesting. This is one I've never seen asked before, and I came up with this, and I thought it'd be cool. I'm hoping I worded this correctly so you can understand it. You're a smart enough guy. I think you can get it. Ready? Here we go. Hands up, by the way. Don't be looking at nothing. Yeah. All right. Monster Quiz. After their de WWE debut, who took the least amount of time to get their first Royal Rumble victory? Is it A, Brock Lesnar, B, Yokozuna, or C, Steve Austin? Well, Lesnar won in 2003, and I think he started in 2001, right? So that's two years. Well, he started in 2001 that? or 2002. If you're asking me and I'm going to give you an answer, I know there was a lot of 2002 guys like him, Cena, Orton. That was yeah. the big year for the OVW guys. And I think he, I, I'm pretty sure he won 2003. Austin ain't right. I don't think Austin's right. Yokozuna is the only question now. Because I know he won real fucking early on in the, in the history of it, but I don't know how long he was there before that. And I could see them hotshotting him because he was just such a big fucking dude. And if Lesnar was two years, I could see Yokozuna's being under two years. Fuck. I'll say Lesnar was two years, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Yokozuna, but only because I could see them doing that really soon. I don't know when he started. That's the problem. So I'm gonna say Yokozuna, but I know I know Lesnar was about two years after he started. Ding ding ding! You got it, man. It's Yokozuna, yeah. Yeah. and Yokozuna and Brock Lesnar are the main ones. That that was the ones you were supposed to work. I only threw Steve Austin there because even though he debuted as the Ringmaster, like it was. Very, he didn't have that gimmick for very long. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't ringmaster for two years before he became Steve Austin. So, but yeah, that was that was the three, and I wanted to throw Steve Austin in there too because he was the only one that won it three times. So you might be thinking like, damn, that first time he might have not been there very long because Steve. If you think about it, Steve Austin and The Rock's careers in WWE are not long, short. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you got it right. It's definitely Yokozuna. Um, so that was awesome. I'm glad you got that right. I, I'm glad you understood the question too. Um. Because I, I had to rewrite it because I was like, I don't think he's going to understand this <laughs> um, if, I, if I do it the way I had written it first time. I can't remember how I had it written, but it was kind of confusing. So, uh, But yes, Yokozuna, so it's one, to, one and one, and you got that one right. And I'm going to get some alerts for this, too, because when you said it, I was like, and I was like damn, he's going to get this right. He's going to say Yokozuna. And I wanted to hit like a, a yes or no type alert, wrestling alert. So I think I'm going to go with yeah for LA Knight when you get one right. And then I got to come up with something <laughs> for no. Um, but yeah, you got that one right. Yokozuna is the answer. And uh, yeah, good job, man. Uh, 
All right, so that's going to do it for the show this week. Can't wait for the mini pay-per-view on Dynamite. See what happens on Rampage. Maybe I'll have to go watch these shows from Necro Eric because apparently they were really fucking good. Um, and then, of course, I have to also um, actually pay attention because we're on the road to WrestleMania officially now. Um, what's going to happen on Raw with Cody? Is he actually going to say anything? Elimination Chamber stuff coming up. Of course, SmackDown is going to be a big, big program to watch this week, I think. Um, Must-see TV. They better do something on SmackDown, I swear to God. Because you know everybody's have... tuning in. You have yeah. to do something on SmackDown. They probably won't. They'll probably have Sammy and KO selling the beatdown. It might not be there. But I would be very surprised if they don't have bloodline shit happening to figure out what's going on with Jay. So, What's up, Rue? Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the show. I appreciate everybody that came through. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Royal Rumble more than we did. I had fun at the party, but the, <laughs> you know, if you're going to sit there and watch a terrible show, watch it with friends because it makes it a lot better. I promise you. Like that, that made the experience a lot better for me. The pitch black match. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I told you this before, but during the pitch black match, one of the funniest parts about it is, I've, I don't know if I said it on the show, but every time they showed the pitch black match graphic, the logo for pitch black, we took a sip. So oh, no. we were done with our pitch blacks before the match was even over. <laughs> every replay they showed, they throw the fucking pitch black logo back up there yeah. at the fucking pitch black. He's got the fucking pitch black arm shit on his arm, uh, Bray Wyatt with the glow shit. So we, we saw that we had to take the sip. The pitch black drink was done before the fucking match was over. And I had exactly five left. I saved five because I was going to do this. And everybody got a pitch black and we did it. It was fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, so even in terrible moments like that match, you can still make them fun if you're around other people or whatever. So even though it was not a great pay-per-view from top to bottom, like I gave it a C plus, I think Ryan said a C. Um, yeah, I, I had to watch that shit alone. It yeah, was I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. I should have I should have took my laptop over and put Discord on, and you could have watched it with us, bro. <laughs> uh, here in Spain, we're tired. The show was from 2 a.m. to 6:30 a.m., but still enjoyable. Damn, uh, that's that's like me watching New Japan, bro. That's the yeah, same time that, that feels like us watching New Japan for sure. Yeah. Um, so I I totally understand that, but. I mean, overall, it was it was definitely better than last year, but the bar with last year was so low, like it it couldn't be worse than last year. So, that, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Nothing um, bad happened really, except for the pitch black match, and there were a couple spots in the rumble that didn't make sense. The Bianca match wasn't great, but overall, it wasn't like a bad pay per view. I am still a so, little bit shocked that Charlotte didn't have a match. Just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, I thought that was weird because she wasn't in the rumble. And then she's the champ on SmackDown, and she didn't even have a match. So they're saving that match for Sonya Deville on SmackDown. But I feel like you should have just thrown that in the Rumble, honestly. They don't work lesser pay-per-views like Royal Rumble, bro. WrestleMania is only. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for the show. I appreciate everybody coming through, and we'll be back Sunday with some more uh, wrestling news and opinions that are sure to be differed with by everybody else. But yeah, it's been fun, and I can't wait. I think I am going to do WrestleMania parties as well we'll see we'll see how that goes because i know that's a two-night event so we'll see how that goes but i right now it's a go konami did really well if it, if anybody was wondering if you watch my streams when i play video games konami is all over the fucking place and disrupting my streams he actually did pretty well honestly he started out a little rough around the edges but eventually he just slept on my lap the entire fucking show like the rest of the show so he did a good job so hopefully everybody enjoyed the uh, pay-per-view as much as i did with my friends excluding ryan ryan obviously 
He was watching it in the pitch black. Um, I was watching the pitch black of my house. <laughs> but, you know, thanks for uh, watching, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces!